Mm. Mm. Oh, shoot. <coughs> uh, didn't see you there. Welcome. I hope you're doing wonderfully today. I'm just enjoying a wonderful blue Hawaiian and reading one of my favorite children's books. What's that? You're here for a disclaimer? Well, I don't see why not. Very well, then. Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, fair warning, there will be spoilers for the film The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, as well as various other series and films. I'd say do use caution in case we discuss something you have yet to finish. Finally, the opinions expressed in today's episode belong to the individual participants, and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Now then, if you'll excuse me, it looks like the Festival Council is after me again. Well, pardon me, excuse the mess, <laughs> and away we go! Welcome, dear listeners, to another season of Dub Talk at the Movies, where we talk about the latest and greatest in anime dubs, or that's what the page in front of me is telling me, because some of these dubs are... <laughs> Not that new, but they're good. They are good. Some of them are not that new, but you know, whatever. We're here. They are good. We're not going to waste you. We're not going to waste your time on a bad dub. You can guarantee that. (laughs) Or if we, or if we do uh, decide to talk about a bad dub, it'll be to um, wondrous results. I think. (laughs) Probably. If Nakaimo has taught me anything this year so far. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, it is. It's our. It's our first episode, ladies and gentlemen. So you get to. You get to. You get to. You get to have some good stuff right up front because. Ah uh, yes. Steph, do we have a movie tonight? Do we have a movie for the for the nice people at home? Oh, uh, I believe we do, Amon, because we decided to be freaking crazy and be what kicks off this season's summer at the movies. Ah, uh, we're we're being. We decided to say fuck it and just start the season and i think personally in my opinion i think we're starting season five of some of the movies off with a rather strong one i think i i mean i don't think you can beat a dub that what even like six months ago we would have said was never gonna happen yeah yeah because this this one okay so the movie came out like what three years ago and then this year it got a dub yep uh, and, and, and famously is part of a style that many deemed undubbable. Yeah. Uh, oh, for those of you at home, in case you haven't figured out from the uh, big screen in front of you, we're talking about The Night of Short Walk On Girl. Yes. The, the, the latest in uh, another trip to the to the well of things adapted from uh, Tomihiko Mori, Morimi books by Masaki Yuasa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun time. Steph, tell me, because I think you were on that trip. Did you go to the premiere of it when it was at A-Fest, that weird we all went? No, I didn't get to see Night of Shore. I think there was something else going on at the same time. Oh, I did. <laughs> I think it was... God, was that the first A-Fest we went to? Because you also was a guest there, actually. I think, I think so far this is the only A-Fest I've been to? Maybe? I was a... Oh, yeah! Because you... Because we, we've gone to A-Fest, I think... Three yeah, no, but years, a, a bunch but... of a bunch of you have gone several times. I think this I, is yeah. The I think this is the only one that you went. Yeah, and you were one of no, you weren't the one of the motherfuckers who decided to surprise us. You act, we planned this with you. It was Noah and Hardy. No, no, I, I enabled the people who are you enabled you. them. So you're the reason why we could say, God damn it. 
exactly. But no, I I did not get to see um the screening for Night is Short during AFOS. How I did see it was um <laughs> you and your girlfriend were having an anniversary little anniversary party at your place, and this is while mm-hmm. I was still in Quincy, and we watched this movie. <laughs> That's how I got introduced to it. Mm. Yeah, I think I think this is like the sixth time I've seen this movie now. Maybe so... fifth. Yeah, sixth time. This is only the second, unfortunately. <laughs> but um... I think this is now officially one of the most the movies I've seen the most. <laughs> I mean, good reason for it. It's so much fun. It's a great movie. Oh. Uh... Um, but yes, this is still. Uh, so yes, this is once again. This is the, the quasi sequel to Tommy Galaxy. No, I wasn't expecting. Also directed by Masaki Yuasa, also adapted from a Tomihiko Morimi novel. Also has character designs by um, Yusuke Nakamura. Mm. Uh, fun, fun fact: I learned uh, this. This was not intentional. Like they, an adaptation of this movie, been kicking around for a while, and it basically ended up in um, Science Saru's lap, kind of by chance, apparently. Oh, I'm glad it did, though. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'd be very disappointed if it wasn't. But I found it very funny that, like. And, you know, in actual internal matters, like, this kind of ended up being an accident, but a part of me, you know, on the outside, it's like, well, of course they got the Tatami Galaxy crew to adapt this. Look at it. I mean, if it was anyone it's even, else... It's even set at the same school. Of course they got it. If it was anyone else who adapted this, like... <laughs> be, a, be a hard act to follow. It'd be a hard act to follow. And, I mean, now, I have to say this. I haven't seen all of Tatami Galaxy. I've only seen a few episodes of it. And unfortunately, Tatami Galaxy does not have a dub at the time of its recording. I'm very sad that <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> like, it's, 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 like, can it's you one of those things. It's one of those things. Well, that's the thing is that, well, it's, it's why I'm surprised this exists because I know um, yeah. there's hopes once Funimation uh, decided to do a physical release of Tatami Galaxy that they might dub it. Yeah. And when it didn't, I know certainly, this, you know, on my end, it was kind of like, well, I understand that because the lead character talks at about three million miles an hour. Oh my god. And that is just, like, he, he, he talks at, like, that would be physically difficult to reproduce by a human level <laughs> of speed. So I just kind of am, someone came close with this movie though. <laughs> this 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 field. If you're gonna do a trial run, this is good because he's not quite that rapid fire. The lead no. senpai in here, um, but like if you kind of want a test run of like, can we dub this? Is it gonna sound completely oh, awful? Yeah. <clears throat> listen, listen. All I'm gonna say is this: Funimation, you recently outsourced a dub to this recording studio. You should do the same for Tatami Galaxy. I don't care that at the time of recording this, that Tatami Galaxy is going to come out on the Essentials line all of a sudden. I don't care. <laughs> do it look, again. I'll, I'll, look, I'll, I'll buy it a second time. But I'll buy it a second I time. Bought, That's I bought, fine. I, I bought Nichijou when you dubbed that by surprise a second time. I'll I know. <clears throat> but um, anyway, what is the movie about? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, taken from the lovely product page on All the Anime, who released this movie in the UK. Senpai is a man smitten with his inscrutable junior, the girl with black hair. Note for you at home, these are the names of the characters in this show, uh, this movie, like they do not have name names. That's a thing with this guy. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> Although he plans to woo her by engineering a series of coincidental encounters, he by chance. With... <laughs> chance! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to. Uh, <clears throat> by ch- no, I mean, I mean, yes, right? I mean, yes, by chance. Still. Chance! <laughs> Uh, 
he reckons with the exploratory nature of this girl, she roams through an abs abstract, bustling night in Kyoto, from pub crawls to festivals, book fairs to impromptu musical performances. The night is short, and there's so much to take in. How can Senpai possibly grab the attention of the apple at his eye? Ah. <clears throat> uh. Which which makes this all sound way more normal than it is. Yeah, it, it's the plot summary makes it sound like like your typical like rom com kind of deal. It's mm. more than that. Oh yeah, <laughs> so much more. Oh, indeed it is. Oh man. Uh, oh, this movie. Oh, this movie. I love it so much. <laughs> it's very good. Uh. Anyways, do we want to start talking about the dub? I, so, so we can explain why the movie's so good. Oh, like we we can sit here and gush about it, but like we can't exactly. <laughs> we can, we'll just end up rambling for like two hours, and that's not what we want. No. <laughs> no. We we do we do value your time, listeners. Don't let some of the four-hour episodes yes. trick you to think otherwise. We can be long-winded, but like sometimes we're sometimes we <laughs> will be concise. I think. We, we can't do it. It's just do we decide to do it that day. <laughs> God damn it. I'm very happy right now. I haven't gotten to done a solo episode with you yet, so this makes me happy. Hey. <laughs> yes. Oh. But anyway, where do we start? Well, let's start with our, our ADR crew, uh, our director and our scriptwriter, who in this case are the same person. Uh, this is this is an NYAV post Yay! production. Yay! So, so, hey, <clears throat> hey, Steph, take mm -hmm. a guess. Who do you think is directing this? Well, you have a 50-50 shot, typically, with NYAV Yeah, pretty Post. much. <laughs> you, well, well, no, you can't really say that anymore with NYAV Post. Because there are a couple of, like, new directors in their arsenal that they grab sometimes. This, this, this is true, but a part of me always feels like that at least for, like, G-Kid distributed movies that get done by N NYAV Post, yes, it's still that usually one that, of... You usually have a 50-50 shot there. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm, is it Stephanie or Michael? I wonder which one. Oh, let's let's flip the coin and see. <laughs> Heads or tails? Ah, it's Stephanie. Mm. Stephanie Shea. Great. Uh, Stephanie Shea, who's handling both director and script writing duties on this, uh, and who's worked on other dubs such as My My Miracle, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, and Ride Your Wave. Uh, surprisingly in this one, she has not cast herself in a major role, which I know, I know that that's fairly common in this day and age, but it was very funny yeah. where for a while it was like, well, we gotta dub this movie. <laughs> May as well start it. Yeah, like, admittedly, I kind of like nowadays that directors don't throw themselves in major roles as often anymore, which is great. No, I, I, I that's one of those things where I sometimes suspect that was a function of like, uh, like maybe like quick turnarounds of like, oh, I need a good right. actor in this role. Right. Well, I'm a good actor. Yeah, usually. Or if, like, there's a character that would actually fit the, the actor who also happens to be the director, like... Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, th I think we, we joke about um, Stephanie and Michael and Nicholas casting themselves in their own movies, mm -hmm. but, like, they're, they're, they're good casting, usually. No, like, they're usually they're really good. For no <laughs> God damn it, in this case. Oh, yeah, so, fun, ah! fun fact for you at home. they do. Uh, Stephanie and Michael do appear in here, not as major characters... But at one point in the third quarter of the movie, they witness a musical number between uh, Princess Daruma, who will explain what that's all about later, and a guy playing a weird pervert from Tatami Galaxy. Yep. And they are played by Stephanie and Michaelson Michael and Nicholas. Nicholas. They have a song. It is it's so fun. I love it. 
Stephanie, you're you're more in a musical theater than I am. Are these songs good? Like like they're hilarious, but I can't tell if they're good. <laughs> the songs in general. So first of all, from an adaptive adaptive standpoint, um, something like this probably isn't easy. No. But how the songs were adapted, and considering the story about who wrote the songs to begin with in this movie, um. It actually, I think it actually really works because it's a mix of like, um, musical, sometimes operatic at times, depending on which character is singing, mm-hmm. and it also comes off as a bit amateurish, which is actually the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I actually think it works very well, honestly, in terms of the songs, and I no. just can't stop laughing during them. They're so good. No, I agree. They're. <gasps> oh God. I, I love the musical numbers because every time I watch this movie, I always forget they're coming until they arrive. I it's for- like, oh, right, this turns into I a musical for like 30 minutes, doesn't a, it? I haven't seen this movie in a few years, and I completely forgot that there were musical numbers for this. And the second I heard uh, Stephanie and Michael start the first song, I'm like, I forgot. I'm going to just die now of laughter. It's great. Oh. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> No, it's a lot of fun, oh, uh, and I and I'd say that a lot about the dub in general. I thought yeah. it was like this. This feels like it'd be a challenging movie to adapt and dub. Well, anyways, I, I mean, one hundred percent, and especially <laughs> considering this is the um, not necessarily direct sequel, but like pseudo sequel to t- Tommy Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like I, again, I've only seen a few episodes, but based on my knowledge of that, it's like. Tatami Galaxy is difficult in of itself. This would be almost a similar caliber. It's a bit... The movie itself, in terms of, like, the the pace and the tone of it, is a bit more toned down slightly... Slightly? Slightly for um, probably, like, a wider audience to understand a bit mm-hmm. better. Which is... Honestly, it's a good thing. Because <laughs> if you go rapid fire, like you were saying with the um, lead character for Tatami Galaxy, you're going to lose people very quickly. <laughs> I, I, I think I know people who, like, have kind of been put off because, like, he's talking so quickly. I, can, I remember for the longest time I wanted to get a dub just because it meant that I could enjoy all the fun visuals and not have to look at the rapid-fire subtitles throttling across the screen. Right, and I, I actually enjoyed the visuals on this. Again, I, I may have only seen, like, two, like, three, maybe four episodes of Tatami Galaxy, <laughs> but you can attest to this. I, I spotted one thing during the, um the festival portion and i was like oh my god i've seen this in tatami galaxy and your response was like yep <laughs> so it's this little weird lumpy bear looking thing right no it was the oh, um, oh, the doll, doll. Oh, it was doll. the doll it was the doll in like this 18 plus display kind of thing yep and i was like i know that reference <laughs> i know that reference and then I, I when um in terms of Michael's character, I'm like, I understand this one now. <laughs> I understand this because I saw it in like the first episode of the Tommy Galaxy. I understand this character now. It's great. <laughs> like, oh my god, no, the directing and I think the writing are solid considering what this film is and the material that's involved with it. Like, one hundred percent. I was rolling on the floor laughing my ass off almost the entire time and i told you this before we started recording like it's been a while since 
in this case a film, but a dub has put a huge ass grin on my face and I just got such a kick out of it. I just love this. It's so much fun. Oh, it's it's an absolute blast. Oh. Uh, you you can you can tell they had a lot of fun making this. You can tell a lot of mm-hmm. care was put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it has horrible fish puns, <laughs> uh, which is which is a great way to get me personally to like your movie. I don't know about <laughs> other people, but I'll like it. <laughs> Shit, like, and I, I I know this is probably gonna come in later, much later. But when we talk about the senpai, holy fucking shit, <laughs> like. The direction and the fun little quirks in the writing for the senpai in particular, oh my god. <laughs> oh, kudos to Stephanie on that, honestly. No, that, that's that's something I appreciate, because I think that, like the, the senpai here and also the lead character in Tatami Galaxy, who he's, he's not the same dude as, but they're very clearly like similar. They're parallel. So they're be very parallel. parallel. I, I think the biggest difference is senpai's kind of more of a loser. Yes! Tatami Galaxy Eye tries his best to spite other people, what other people are doing to him. Senpai just kind of makes his own trouble. Yeah, Senpai just kind of <laughs> shit happens to him. Um, but I think they both, they're both written in a really, like, specific and distinctive way, and right. I think Stephanie did a really good job of like, capturing that in a way where it didn't feel like Kelm was doing an imitation of the Japanese track, but it felt very much like, yeah, this is, this is what this guy would sound like in English. Yeah, like, it, um, it made it a very accessible for an English-speaking audience, 100%. And the interactions and the dynamics between, like, specific characters are so much fun, too. Mm. Like, the black-haired girl and the senpai are so fucking cute. Um, what's another good dynamic? Hanaki and uh, Higuchi. <laughs> They're also a fun dynamic. And then you have... Um, oh, I'm looking at the list. You have... The god of used book markets, that little shit gremlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his interactions, whether it's with the senpai or the black-haired girl, those are fun. Like, oh, yeah. there's there, there's a lot of fun dynamics, and the voices are just so different from each other. It blends really well, I think. Yeah. I love no, it. It's just, it's, just, it's just well put together all around. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I mean, I feel like I see a lot of, like, clear... I, I understand why geeky kids keep going back to NYAV Post. Like, it's clearly just, like, they make good material. They're going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a good job of being aware of the fact of, like, oh, this is going to go into movie theaters. This is going to go into major streaming services. Right. Because, Lo- like, most of the people working on this come from the anime world, but I think they do a very good job of being aware of, like, oh, people who don't necessarily watch anime might see this. Mm-hmm. And doing it in a way where it doesn't feel too... Uh, they're not afraid to like embrace kind of like the weirder aspects of it, but still do it in a way where it's like, yeah, mom and dad might throw this on because it comes up on like their recommendation list yeah. on whatever streaming service they use. But they're not like if they're going to be put off for it, it's because the movie was never for them in the first place, not because there's something weird about the dub. Yeah, and what also helps, I think, is at this point, NYAV Post has a proven track record of mm. how much attention to detail they pay to they give to these dubs, like. Mm-hmm. You can give like a couple, like two very, rarely, fairly recent examples. Um, Tokyo Godfathers, and with the mm-hmm. character of Hana in particular. Oh yeah. And then you also have Great Pretender, and the expansive like ethni- ethnicities that are thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Like NYAV Post knows what they're doing, which is great. And considering all of like the little. Um, 
intricities no is that the word i'm looking for eccentricities eccentricities thank you um that are involved in this film and how crazy it can and fast-paced it can be like they didn't skip on skimp on this like they made it work very well and made it so accessible to english audiences and it's just so much fun Mm. it's a good time it's a very good time like a plus a plus <laughs> oh absolutely this is like i don't know if my mother would enjoy this movie but i feel like i could at least put it on and she would at least like nod politely and not have a bad time if that makes sense <laughs> i feel like my mom might appreciate it but she might get a little confused by some of the pieces like oh god i know we're talking about it later the johnny's oh i have words about johnny oh, we'll johnny. get to him oh johnny oh johnny <laughs> But on that note, so we can talk about Johnny later. Shall we get to the cast? Yes. All right. Let's well, the, do it. We have we have some characters to discuss for you. Uh, first off, we have. I was gonna say we have a bunch of weirdos, but that's that's the whole cast. None of these people are normal. But let's say there's no such thing as normalcy in this there's in this no, film. There's no, the, nor- the normal people are little bystanders. We don't we don't yeah. follow around. Yeah, they're just in the back. It's fine. But uh, for this, start us off. We have we have. Uh, two two extreme weirdos and one god question mark gremlin i call him a gremlin child yeah that honestly that too we have toto uh he is a he is a middle-aged man he wears a variety of hats he has a creepy mustache Mm -hmm. and he collects uh classic japanese erotic prints he's also a perv he's a huge perv he tries to grope the black-haired girl so early on he, he lets you know exactly who he is early on. Also, he owns a koi farm, but he's been very depressed because a tornado came by last year and scooped up all of his koi. Yeah! And, and he's so depressed that he missed out on the most important day of his daughter's life, which is the wedding that's at the start of the film. Yep. So, like, everything, weirdly enough, in this film is connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Which is is one I think one of the larger overarching themes a little bit in the film too, which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Oh yeah, especially with um, our wonderful sad old man that we're also oh, going to yes. talk Mr. about, Mister Mister Rihaku. Uh, he he is he is the he is a loan shark. He is inordinately wealthy. He mm-hmm. travels around on a little three story train that apparently I guess just has a private set of tracks going around Kyoto. I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a riverboat because I thought it was in the river at one point. I don't. Remember. Oh no, it's 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 in like a little it's in like a little like sideway that does have water at the bottom of it. But I I'm okay, not... but it is a like a train like thing. That's why I was very confused. I'm like, that looks like it should be a boat. <laughs> this, this is my my, my this, this, all of this author's works are all set in the same like they're all set in Kyoto, and I have okay. a feeling it's one of these things of like. Like, wherever they are at that point is definitely a real part of Kyoto, and I'm sure if I went there, I could see, like, ah, that is what this is. Probably. Having, having never been to Kyoto, I'm a bit lost on it. But, <laughs> um, anyways, he's, he, he, is a, he is a sad old man, uh, because his, his heart is empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a lot of money, but not a lot of friends. Yep. Uh, so he just kind of antagonizes people for his own amusement. Yep. Steals underwear. Steals, un- steals underwear, <laughs> hoards books. Challenges people to drinking games. And and making people eat extremely spicy food for his own amusement. <laughs> yes, where the winner gets one of the rarest books in his collection. Exactly. A fucking picture book about a train. 
No, no, they could pick any book from his collection. It's just Fair. Senpai wants. It's just Senpai wants that one. <laughs> he was supposed to go in there to get erotic art prints for Toto, but then discovers he has what the fuck is Ratum Tum Tum Ratatatum Ratatatum. That's the name of the picture book. It's about, a, it's about a little train. It's about a train, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably like the onomatopoeia for like... It's like, it's like chugga 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 in Japanese, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking of books. Oh, speaking of books, yes, we have we have the god of used book markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, is, he is a little troll who basically goes around stealing price tags from used books so he can use them to make all the books in Rihaku's hoarded collection... Uh, fly away back to the book market so people can buy them again because he's he's not against people buying books but he's against people hoarding books books yep. should remain in circulation so more people can enjoy them uh yeah. people who have seen tatami galaxy will of course note that he appears to be a little uh delinquent version of ozu the lead character's friend slash nemesis <laughs> uh i to, thought to the, to, i i, I thought mm-hmm. going back into this movie I was like, is this is this Ozu? Are we getting an Ozu right now? And then I was just, he said he was the god of used book markets. I'm like, oh, that's okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not Ozu, but this is it's not directly Ozu. Ozu, but it's supposed to be the surrogate Ozu. Exactly to the point where I believe in the Japanese, like he has the same voice actor Ozu has in English. I think I, I think yeah, I think yeah, at, right. least, at least it sounds the same. So if it's not if it's not the same actor, they're clearly going for like the same character type. No, they must have. Anywho, playing these characters, uh, as Toto, we have Doug Erholtz, mm-hmm. you know, for such roles as uh, Kenneth L. Moly Archibald in Fate Zero, Jean-Pierre Polnareff in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, ah, yes. and of course he plays Zenigata in most of the modern dubs of Lupin the Third. Rihaku is played by uh, Frank Todaro, mm-hmm. you know, for such roles as uh, Rakshas in Berserk, Rodrigo in Dragon Quest Your Story and yeah. apparently he plays he plays Starscream on the current Transformer cartoons which yes! I'm, I'm happy about. That's amazing. Good for you. You're the best character. This last one I don't know who this person is. Oh, uh, I I do a little bit. Uh, this uh, the God of the Used Book Markets is played by Dino Andrade. Yeah. Uh, he's mostly done a lot of like western and cartoons and video games. Okay. Uh, for anime, he's done. He's Cat in Bungo and Alchemist, and what I actually know him from is he's Willy in Motherfuckers, mm. MFKZ, which we just covered obviously a few months ago. Right. Uh, yeah, I think he he, does, he mostly he's one of these like LA people who I think mostly does a lot of stuff that's not strictly anime. So yeah, that makes from sense. From our end, he's a little more obscure, but I remember looking him up at the time when I was doing the MFKZ episode. He's not he's not like he's got like a hefty background to him, just not in anime. Okay, that makes sense. Ugh. Excuse me. Oh, Steph. man. <laughs> Steph, where should we start? Oh, I don't know. Where should we start? Doug Erholtz plays a really good creep. Oh, my but God. Like, <laughs> but, like, but like, like, and the great thing about Toto is, like, he, he's a creep, but he's not he's not a bullshitter when he's talking about alcohol no, or whatever. No, he's, 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 cl- he's, like, he's just straightforward, brutally honest. It's great. Yeah, like, he, he does know what he's talking about. Yes. He's just also a huge pervert. He's just also a huge pervert and kind of a pitiful human being. You feel, you feel kind of bad for him. You do feel kind of bad for him. You're just like, oh, God, he's such a sad sap. But I don't know if I should care about him because he's just trying to cop a feel right now. 
you feel you feel for him because so many of his problems are are relatable on some level. Yes. Have we all not metaphorically had a tornado come by and sweep up all the koi fish from our koi pond? Ah, oh, yes, I had one last week. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> although, although his best moment is probably when the fish reappear and he just shoots up in bed. Yep. It's like, you're still alive after all this time. He was so happy. He was so good. No, but freaking. Oh, I'm more used to. I'm mostly more used to Doug just being these, like, suave, like, gentlemen, like a Polnareff or fucking um, Yuri from um, Arte. I'm a bit more used to Doug being the suave gentleman, almost borderline playboy. Toto is just a creep. <laughs> Toto is just an absolute creep. It's funny. Yeah, like 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 a like performance wise, it's not very similar. But no. the the vibe this gave no, no uh, the vibe this gave me was um I'm blanking on his name, but the character he plays in Doro Hidoro, which is like yeah. the uh, the the main antagonist's like weird like camp gay psychic. Oh yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, and like it's not a very, it's not a similar, it's not really a similar performance, but it has that same kind of like it's kind the of top quality. Yeah, there's there's a very there's a very strong like what you see is what you get aspect to both characters. Oh, very much so, one hundred percent. It's it's just so fun though. It's one of those it's one of those things that you don't like. You're used to it, it's almost like. Because there are actors who usually get like typecast as certain things, and I think mm -hmm. Doug kind of, for the majority of it, will get typecast as the, the suave, like almost near playboy kind of person. But then you forget that people are actors, and Doug can pull shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's glorious, and it makes me wish like I kind of want more things like this. I think um I need to catch up or finish whatever is it is at this point. Um, Dungeon Boonies. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Where um, Doug actually plays a uh, general or lieutenant in, like, some army academy thing. And it's 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 kind of like a a, a melding of the, the two. Like, if you took a Polnareff, um, a gentlemanly guy like Polnareff or Yuri from Arte, and you give it a bit more comedic twists like Toto. Like, it's a fun little happy marriage between the two, and it's fantastic. Um, no, but goddamn it, Doug is just so funny. <laughs> just freaking out about how depressed he is and how sad his life is. Oh my god. I will give you a pair of underwear, but you have to drink with me first and hear about my problems. <laughs> the senpai is like, I just I, want I, underwear. <laughs> I hope you're ready to get sloshed. <laughs> I hope you're ready to get sloshed. Yep. And the senpai's just like, oh, do I have a choice? <laughs> He's like, I could be doing anything else right now. But here I am. I'm desperate for some underwear because mine got fucking stolen. Like, I bet you. I bet you're thinking all sorts of terrible things about us. No, I'm not. No, you're just I'm projecting not. your own insecurities. Yes. <laughs> the senpai has some fun little like one-liners and quips. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, Toto definitely like sets some fun moments and jokes up. Very. He sets up a few pieces of the plot too, because mm. you have the whole thing with Rihaku. Mm -hmm. Um, and the whole drinking game, and the fact that he's in debt, and all this fun stuff. He also kind of helps set up the whole, um, used book thing, too, mm -hmm. since he's after, like, 
um, old old Japanese erotic books. Like he kind of helps mix like exposition dump a tiny bit, but also helps set up the plot and push it forward a little more, especially for the senpai. Um, <laughs> to which poor senpai, <laughs> senpai just wants to find his lady <laughs> and try and get her to notice him. <laughs> That's all he wants. I'm sorry, in case you can't tell, I really love the senpai character. A lot. Everybody says, will senpai notice me? No one ever asks, does anyone notice senpai? Yeah, I know! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Does anyone ever notice senpai? He's just there. The the hokey light novel version of this movie is uh, senpai hopes someone will notice him for once. I know. (laughs) Oh, what a coincidence. No, it was chance. Just by chance. Just by chance. 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 Oh, oh. I'm dying. Oh shit! And we haven't even talked about the other two characters. I know. Let's 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 talk oh about let's like talk about Frank Tadora Tadoro. Yeah. Uh, he's a sad little man. But he's very evil. Yeah. Like I actually really really I I like it because. You can tell when you first are introduced to him that he is, like, this sad, lonely person, but he is very antagonistic. And he has so much fun doing it, too. It's great. No, he's a, he's a, he's, he's just, he's, you can tell he's another character who's just, like, clearly having a lot of fun. No. Like, yeah, 100%. Real over the top. Well, not, not too, like, over the top into the sense of, like, he's almost kind of playing, like, the, the evil old man. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think makes it when you get to like that last scene with him and the black girl girl where yeah. he's kind of like pouring his heart out to her like you know I have a lot of I just you know I I, I come from you know I come from a lot of money and that's yeah. what I was you know and you know I, 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 I was had... bullied when I was younger and so I decided so, yeah. to like buy security guards and you can you can also buy love and all this fun stuff with it but he 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 kind of it seemed like he kind of um just was never truly happy. Yeah, he well, has this real sense of kind of like he sort of like isolated himself to protect himself from pain, and now right. he's sort of he's dealing with the bad end of that, which is that he's super isolated. Yeah, he's super isolated. Gets very sick. Gets everybody else sick in the film, except for the black hair girl. Well, no, maybe she gets sick after the fact, but um, but no, Frank Todoro is just he's not uh, he's not the typical like crotchety old man, if that makes sense. Like, he's an old man, but he's, like, more sad and lonely, and he just tries to find ways to amuse himself and to give himself purpose, I think, is the right way to describe it. Mm. Because, like, when you learn about all that stuff towards the end with his interaction with the black-haired girl, (laughs) you, you learn that he is that lonely guy, and it's just, like, all of the stuff... Like, the whole drinking contest, the whole eating spicy... What was it? Ponzu? That they had to eat? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think... Um, I want to say it was Ponzu. I could be is it way nabe, off the mark. maybe? Nabe? I forget. I mean, oh, it was Nabe. Simply... It was Nabe. Yeah, You're right. Nabe. It's Nabe. It was Nabe. Like, and watching these five motherfuckers eat spicy Nabe. <laughs> like, he finds ways to amuse himself, probably to suppress those feelings. Because, mm-hmm. like... When he has the drinking contest with the black-haired girl, 
and it's the stark contrast between like life is so depressing and lonely it's like no nah, life has so much meaning there's no new things every day like you can ha- see it early on mm-hmm. with the character and i think like frank does very well especially in masking his inner loneliness honestly and his inner in his insecurities mm-hmm. by trying to be this antagonistic asshole <laughs> yeah it's so good i love it it's good stuff yeah, yeah. No, i i I agree. I don't have anything to add. Like, I think he just... He, he, once again, he's acting, and he plays the character really well. Yep. Uh, shall we talk about Dino? In Mini Ozu, basically. Mini, mini Ozu. <laughs> little, little, little god of the used book market. Like, legit. Like, because the cast list that you sent to me, for those at home... Almond set up the cast list for this. <laughs> he marked, he put in parentheses with the goddess used book of used book markets. Mini Ozu. <laughs> That's how he's referred to as Mini Ozu. Um, oh my god. Again, I've only seen a few episodes of, the t- of Tatami Galaxy, and it had been a few years since I've seen Japanese for this film. I'm so happy that Dino voices this character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I could picture in my head as to what this character could sound like. I love it. <laughs> Such a gremlin. Oh my it's, god. It's so it's so good. Like this, this is what I was talking, you know, talking about earlier like, you know, I think I think the dub good a job of of kind of translating how senpai talks to the English and I think they did a really good job with this um uh, you know, the used book markets god slash Ozu, like that kind of speech. Because, mm-hmm. like, you listen, to, you listen to him in the Japanese, it's like he sounds like a little gremlin. Right. Even, before he, even if you're not paying attention to what he's saying, he just sounds like a little gremlin. Right. Uh, and I, I think Dino did a wonderful job of capturing that. Yeah. Um, also, he gets his own little part. He also, he also gets his own little part where he has to, like, rattle off a bunch of information at high speed. Yes, about all uh, of the, how the books are connected to each other. Uh, that is one of my favorite lines in the movie because it mentions it, somewhere like deep into it when it's talking about a lot of Japanese authors. I don't recognize it mentions that two of them are connected because he had they had a literary dispute. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, me me and my girlfriend decided that's the second best kind of dispute, uh, second only to a naval dispute. <laughs> yeah. So we we enjoyed that. Yeah, like. Like, if anyone, like, Senpai has the most, like, fast-paced dialogue, like, you have to really, really hit it. But, yeah, Dino definitely had that fun moment. And it's just, like, connecting, like, fuck, like, Alexander Dumas to fucking Osamu Daisai or fucking, like, it was all over the place. And mm-hmm. he had to, like, really, like, be on point with that. And thankfully, he didn't really have much for lip flaps to deal with with that. So that would have made it ten times harder. <laughs> The, 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 the animators know it'll be easier on the voice actors so they don't have to match the lip flaps, and the animators don't have to draw the lip flaps, so everybody wins. Yeah, the senpai has that a little bit, too, when he has his inner monologues, because the senpai, his fast-paced moments are during those inner monologues, I think, mostly. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> that gives a benefit to characters like, to, to actors like Dino and, of course, the senpai. Um, to not have to worry about lip flaps, because Lord Almighty, if they had to match lip flaps, some of those oh moments, oh Lord, I would imagine it'd be like tons and tons of takes on those. Oof, that'd be. Oh, that'd be torture. See, that, that's 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 when that's when that's when like takes start being constructed like in the edit or something like that. No, yeah, 
Like, that's why I think... I, I, like, Tatami Galaxy, again, from what I've seen, I need I need to go back and finish Tatami Galaxy. You like, should. I, I need to. Um, Tatami Galaxy has the similar, like, style in terms of their fast-paced talking, where it's a lot of... Most of the fast-paced stuff is, I, if I'm correct, is mostly internalized. It's not yeah. outward. So... It's still fast-paced, but again, like like you said earlier, it's physically possible to do it. It's a challenge, but it's physically possible to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, some people think, some people were think, I think years ago, were like, the two dub, the two shows that seemed undubbable, basically, would be Tatami Galaxy and Nichijo. If Nichijo proved anything, <laughs> and if Grinder Short can prove anything, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Make our dreams come true, Funimation. Funimation, you Funimation, you outsource Bungo and Alchemist to NYAV Post. Y'all outsource to Tommy Galaxy. They'll fucking do it. And it better be with this cast. Because <laughs> I love I, this the, cast. The, the, the repeat characters, at least, I would definitely like to see come back. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, you could have the black hair girl, the senpai, Hanaki, Higuchi. You could have... God of Use books come back as like Ozu. Like, there is potential here. <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah. No, that'd be good. That'd be mm. really good. I would love um, it. Let's see. Uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, like, did you yeah, want to add anything else about Dino? Dino's just really fun. He's just, he's, he, he. I'm not so familiar with like a lot of Dino's work just because he's he's been a lot of things like I have not watched as it happens. Right, yeah. Um, this is my first time hearing Dino in anything before, so. Yeah, but he's he's clearly having a lot of fun playing this like obnoxious little gremlin who is technically working for good but going about it in the most antagonizing way possible. I sure. love how he basically fucks with the senpai. Well, he looks at senpai and he he correctly astutes that senpai is kind of a mark. So he can mess with him to his own amusement. <laughs> the ice cream cone conveniently dropped right on the senpai. <laughs> conveniently. Right, 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 right on his crotch. Mm -hmm. And especially, like, the second time that happens and he ends up getting blamed for, like, he bullied me and told me if I didn't do this, he would do bad things to me. <laughs> and the senpai's like, you motherfucker. While he's sitting there with his pants off his and pants ice cream off. all over his underwear. Because he had just cleaned the ice cream off of the pants the first time. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love the interactions between these characters. It's so great. Like, the interaction between Dino and then, um, the senpai. Like, I can s if to- <sighs> Going back to Tatami Galaxy. I could see that dynamic work so fucking well. <laughs> They, they they would be a very good oh, 100%. combination. 100%. Like, I'll admit, I made, I hadn't done this in forever. I was, when I started watching Tatami Galaxy, this was months ago, for shits and giggles, I was like, if I were to do a dub predictions, I hadn't made predictions for shows in a long fucking time, but I did for Tatami Galaxy, and I think I still have that list, but, um... Yo, like, this blows everything out of the water. Oh, yep. <laughs> I found it. Oh, oh. my god, you want to know who I would have- who I, I wrote down for Ozu? For who? funsies? Who is it? I have Aaron Dismuke, Matt Shimon, and Austin Tyndall. 
Yeah, yeah. I can see him. I can see it 100%. And then, because I do, I have Akashi, who is the black-haired girl. I have the protagonist. I have Higuchi. I didn't get Hanaki, I don't think, yet. Oh, I have Jogasaki, who is uh, Michael's character, essentially. <laughs> Who would you have as actual Jogasaki? Rika Fajardo. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad about how well that works. I, I know, hope you're right? Yourself. I know. I know, right? Oh, I could keep going through some of these later if we want. I don't have anyone for Hanaki, though. Like, I tried to stick it to the main cast, I think. But, um, anyway. <laughs> like, I will stay with Dino's mini Ozu. Thank you. I love it. No, it's, it's he's good. It's so fun. Ugh. <sighs> Uh, on that note, do we want to move on to our next cast section? Yes, because Lord, this this side story. Oh yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. So we have we have we have who are the uh, the the mainish characters of the of the third the third of the four stories. We have yeah the director of school festival operations. That mm -hmm. is his name. Yep. Uh, he he's like he's like the guy who's supposed to be in charge of like the festival committee at this school. But apparently uh, rules it with an quote-unquote iron fist and this, like there are people there, against him and shit. I don't think you got to this, but he briefly mentions like, uh, oh, this headquarters used to be the library police's. Yes, and that's, that's that's about an episode of Tatami Galaxy. Oh, really? Uh, yes, yeah, I didn't the, get the to that. Yeah, no, the library, like, uh, I believe the idea is, like, this is at the same college that Tommy Galaxy is set at. That's the sense I was getting, especially when you have, like, Michael St. Nicholas's character essentially as the knockoff Jogasaki, essentially, mm -hmm. and then you have well, I think, I the, think, little, the, the little nods during the festival, too. Well, I, think, I think the joke is that that musical number is supposed to be a recreation of something that might have actually happened. Yeah, because there was <laughs> the blow-up like, doll. Yeah, exactly. You're right, yep, that was a um, thing. So they're, they're clearly making fun of this character who doesn't show up in this movie but is in Tatami Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I th so like the, so there are certain things about this are kind of riffing on Tatami Galaxy, and if you've seen the show, you'll recognize it. If not, yeah. it's not that important. Like the story will still make sense. Which is why I need to go back and watch Tatami Galaxy because I will appreciate yeah. it ten times better. He, yeah, but uh, the director of festival operations kind of fills the role of the like surprisingly overly powerful student council except in this case it's the guy who makes sure the school yearly school festival runs smoothly yeah but also side note he likes to dress and drag yeah that is very important in this he cross dresses a despair tide to mess with people it, it's he's that kind of guy for the when it's when um he's introduced in the start of the movie because he's introduced as a friend of the senpais it's a throwaway throwaway line you would think it's yep. not <laughs> No, there are no throwaway lines in this movie. No. There's just things that pay off now and things that pay off in 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. To, at most, I think in this case, like 45, maybe. Probably, yeah. Um, we have him. We have Don Underwear. <laughs> Don Underwear. How do we describe Don Underwear? Don Underwear oh. is a theater student at the college. Mm -hmm. And last year at the school festival, he was sitting on a bench like somewhere near one of the buildings and there is a attractive lady sitting on the bench across from him mm -hmm. and all of a sudden some apples just start falling out of the sky yep and while they're while they're making eye contact both of them get hit on the head with an apple at the same time and don underwear is now convinced that this is a sign from fate that that is the lady he's going to be end up with yep unfortunately he could not think of anything charming to say at the time so the lady left and now he is putting on a gorilla theater performance in an attempt to get famous enough that the girl will come back and say hi and you can ask her out. Yeah. <laughs> There's a small wrinkle to this problem. Yeah. The hot lady. The hot lady is the director. Is drag. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
as you said, there's as... no such thing as throwaway lines in this movie. <laughs> this, 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 of course, is discovered. Oh, I should note, this theater performance is a musical. Yeah. And, and that's Don- where Stephanie and Michael's characters come back into play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and helping him put on this musical is uh, Noriko, who's his assistant. Yep. She's a very nice lady with red hair. Yep. Uh, she harbors a big old crush on Don Underwear. <laughs> but but she but she she loves Don Underwear so much that she is willing to help him in this ridiculous exercise to find this other lady. Oh yeah, and then it gets to the point where <laughs> where he's ba- where Don Underwear is basically denied, um, not by the director because the director at, at that point was just like, okay, why not? Um, but actually by Senpai. <laughs> I said by who, who? Who just like, like fucking trap doors <laughs> the director. If I heard part B, he wasn't even trying to do it on purpose. He was just trying to get out from underneath the stage. Right, because there was this whole ploy where he was just gonna like, he one he was gonna prevent Don Underwear from having a love scene with the black haired girl. Two, he decides, oh, I'm gonna take his place, <laughs> so I can have a love scene with the black haired girl. <laughs> like. The lengths that this senpai senpai goes through to get his lady to notice him are just unreal, and it's so great. But, um, no, after the director ends up getting trapdoored, thanks to senpai, um, out of nowhere, um, those koi fish that Amon mentioned earlier that were owned by Toto. They come back. (laughs) They come back. This is when they come back. And they and um Don Underwear and Noriko have the apple moment, but with koi fish. <laughs> and then they and then they sing a love song. It's very cute. Yeah, and they get together. It's so fucking cute. <laughs> and then they both catch a cold. And then they both catch a cold. Man, I'm sick. <laughs> like, it's so, Oops. It's so cute though. <laughs> that the whole festival arc with the musical numbers and stuff like that. Because again, like I said earlier, like. It's both a mix of, like, musical and operatic in terms of, like, styles, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But you can tell that this is an amateur theater troupe, which is the exact point. Mm-hmm. And it works so fucking well. <laughs> but anyway, who voices these characters? Uh, the Voicing these characters, the director of School Festival Operations is voiced by Eddie Lee. Yay! Who, uh, you know, knows such roles as Executioner Jr. and Akudama Drive. Yay! Uh, Ariel and Makuya. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Uh, I forgot. And uh, Shiro K- Kabuto in Mazinger Z Infinity. Have not seen Mazinger Z. <laughs> Neither have I, but I like giant robots, so that's why I picked that one. The most prominent one that I know him for in terms of recent stuff is definitely Akudama, though. That's what I assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was fun. Ah, oh, that's good. I need to catch up on that. I've been lazy. Oh, Akudama was so fucking good. I I know. I, look, I Andrew bothers me enough with it. I don't need two of you. <laughs> No, I won't pester you as much, but, like, I- I'm just here to say, watch Akudama Drive, that's it. <laughs> I-, I will, one day. <laughs> one one day. day. In the future. In the future. Anyways, uh, Don Underwear is played by Patrick Seitz, who you know for a billion things. <laughs> yep! Uh, some of my favorites. He's Endeavor in My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. He's Charles Beams in Eureka 7. Yep. He's Wolfgang Grimmer in Monster. Oh, Grimmer, my heart. <laughs> the, sa- the saddest nice boy. The saddest nice boy. I love Grimmer, he's the best. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyways. Poor man. <laughs> uh, and uh, Noriko is being played by Jennifer Roberts. This is Jennifer Roberts' first anime role, as far as I could tell. That explains so, a lot, because that is another name I don't know, along with Dino. 
No, um, she she's done some uh she has done some video games okay. and looks like some live action voiceover work. Uh as far as like video games go, uh she played a few roles in the movie Rune Two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the video game Rune Two. And apparently I guess there's a there's a there's a one punch man video game, one punch man, a hero nobody knows, and she <laughs> plays like the uh female player character, I guess. Oh cool. Or she voices that. I don't know what this game is, so I'm not sure if this is like a fighting game or maybe like some sort of mobile thing or something like huh. that. Um but she's in that, so good for her. Yeah. Uh Hello anyways. Jennifer Roberts, welcome. <laughs> Hello, welcome. I hope you get more stuff in the future. Yes, me too. Uh Steph, would you like to start with whoever? Oh my god. I actually I'll start with Jennifer because I don't have I I honestly don't really have a lot of notes on her honest to be honest. Um mm-hmm. Because I think probably because it is a newer voice that I'm trying to like grasp it and understand. But she mm-hmm. works very well, and I think she's a fun balance to Patrick and his character of Dawn Underwear because she's Jennifer Roberts is a mix of like if you had to give her a role in the theater world, she'd either be director, assistant director, or you could see her as a stage manager potentially. Uh, so she has a bit of an authority, authoritative figure, like figure and authoritative voice to her, and I really, really like it. Mm. <laughs> but when she just, first of all, her love for Don Underwear, when all things considered, in the story, just comes out of left field. Wait, wait, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. Why is Don Underwear called that? Oh, right. Because after he had his little apple incident, he went to a shrine and made a promise that he would not change his underwear until he found his would-be girlfriend again, and that's why people call him Don Underwear. Yes. And it, which really makes this woman being into him all the more impressive because ooh. Yeah. The, it has been a year, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a. <laughs> He's wearing that underwear for a long but, time. But at least he's courteous by not putting his legs it. under the kotatsu. <laughs> and he just still oh. sits on his knees rather than putting his legs under the kotatsu. <laughs> oh, this character. Um, no, but Noriko, I think, definitely has an authoritative voice and is like an authoritative figure, especially with the gorilla um, theater troupe. And I think Jennifer Roberts plays that very, very well. Again, like I was just saying before... <laughs> <laughs> love for John Underwear kind of comes out of left field, but in this, but this is like about an hour into the movie by this point, and if you're not already aware and like have resigned yourself to the fact that anything can fucking happen in this movie, I don't know what to tell you, because <laughs> anything can happen at this point in this movie. Um, but yeah, especially with um her song with um Patrick and Don Underwear. It was so cute. <laughs> like the two of them like they were I think it's a fun balance and a, a, a fun contrast because you have Don Underwear who I guess kind of going into Patrick a little bit who is this gruff like he's a man's man kind of thing. <laughs> like you can tell he, he's voiced by Patrick Seitz. Patrick Seitz for God's sake. We love him here. Mm-hmm. Um and you have Noriko, who is, he, like, okay. Patrick seems more like the traditionalist. And you can kind of tell with what Don Underwear writes for this play and this musical a little mm-hmm. bit. And then you have Noriko, who's a bit more modern, if that, I guess, if that makes sense. If you had to, if, if there was, like, two different, like, stereotypes or traits like Don Underwear would be like more of the traditional romantic kind of guy and then you have oh, yeah. Noriko 
who's the more modern but also the romantic like that's kind of the two main like character like types that you could probably categorize them in and it's it's like yeah. it's kind of like an like opposites attract situation with these two and i think the two of them make that work very very well hmm. uh i was gonna say yeah no i agree like i think i like yeah, I like the like I, I like I think I agree. Like Jen, I got the impression she seemed like she was the stage manager, I guess, for mm -hmm. this roving gorilla troop who don't have an actual stage aside from the one they just build impromptu and in various places. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, like I like she had that kind of authoritative tuneness, but there was like a softness to her. I also thought she sang her song really well. It was so good. I I, I feel like I I need to watch it again to check, but I feel like she's probably the most technically accomplished singer who appears in this movie. Yes. Um, which 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 felt appropriate because it, it felt like part of the joke is that, you know, Don Underwear is going this whole elaborate stage show for this lady who tends, ends up being not even who he thought it was, and the whole time, <laughs> the whole time it's like you're, like your Kohei your Kohei's in love with you, Don Underwear. Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, Noriko, and maybe to an certain extent, as we talked about them earlier, Princess Dharma and um. The mock Jokusa Jokusaki, mm -hmm. like the three of them seem like they have experience in theater and in acting, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, when you hear them sing, they sound like more a little bit more polished. They have a bit more experience compared to Dawn Underwear, the senpai, the black hero girl, and of course the director of the school operation of the festival mm -hmm. operations. Like they don't have as much experience, and it shows, and it actually works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, not else. Yeah, Je Jennifer and Patrick are just very cute together. They're so adorable. That little song at the end is just—it's mm -hmm. like aw. It's like aw. You just want the two of them to end up together, and they do. You. You want to clap with the people in the audience? Yeah, it's like yes. <laughs> I think I, I think when they were getting together, I think I screamed at my TV. I'm like, yes, let's go. I there think you I go. did. <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah, and by, and by himself, Patrick's just very funny. No, yeah, like he's again mm -hmm. gruff, like man's man kind of deal, and also like traditionalist and romantic. It's kind of very cute. He's just, he's, I, I like their little bit because it feels like a fun, it, it's like a fun contrast to, um, like, um, Senpai and the Blacker Girl story where, again, it's like these two classmates yeah. who have feelings for each other and rather than just say anything, they go about it in the most obtuse way possible. Right. It's so enjoyable. It's, it's a lot. I like it. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? Huh? Yeah. On Eddie? Is that where you're going to ask me? Yeah, actually, that was where I was going to go. Actually, ask, yeah. Oh, boy. So, short short version is I love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, surprise, surprise. This whole film is great. Um, but Eddie specifically. Uh, <laughs> so, Eddie definitely has the authoritative voice down because he is this big, like, figurehead with the festival mm -hmm. operations and you can hear that but the tone of voice he has for that and it goes back to i think again the start of the film where the senpai introduces eddie's character to the audience as not only the school festival operations director but he loves dressing up as a girl and once you know that small fact eddie's voice has 
a slight you can tell that there's a slight uh, like he he pitched it up it's just slightly it's very subtle and it makes sense for the character and oh man i bet eddie had fun when he got to dress up as a uh, lady dharma <laughs> <laughs> like now to be fair i think during the during don underwear's flashback and story of his interaction with who we find out later to be the director of school festivals different voice to that character at least it sounds like to me because it like there's small little giggles and like stuff like that during that mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't sound like eddie so my assumption is of course this is just don underwear's delusions of <laughs> who he thinks this is um which is good i think at hiding it a bit more but also by that by that point it, it's trying to subtly hide that it is in fact the director because again, by that point, you still think that the comment about him dressing as a girl is just a throwaway thing, uh-huh. and I think that's to help keep up that little tidbit, which makes finding out that the director is in fact the girl that Don Underwear is looking for this whole fucking time all the more hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's just like. Oh shit! Like when did this happen? Like oh no, they said this at the beginning that he likes to dress up as a woman. <laughs> like, and at that point, Eddie pitches up the voice a bit more, um, but still makes it obvious that it is the director, which works, mm. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he. I think he. I think he plays that dual role well mm-hmm. when it's required of him. Yeah. Um. I, he's he's also he's just very funny. I love him. Want, I love him going around talking to his like little assistant, who is a combination chimpanzee on a Segway and a parrot. Yes, the parrot's the one that actually speaks English, and then the guy on the Segway is just like making monkey noises. It's like what? <laughs> I forgot about that. I was like, that's shit. A great, that's the great thing about this movie. There could be there could be a whole character that you'll forget about who's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing in the world. It's yep. like I forgot that was here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, Accurate. Uh, I just like how he plays off. He plays off with senpai a lot because yes. it's really like Sen- senpai is his buddy, but he also thinks senpai is clearly being very silly right now. Yeah, he thinks senpai is just being dumb, and it's like, why don't you just talk to her? <laughs> like, I love the bit at the beginning where both because they're at the wedding reception, and at the mm-hmm. table is the senpai, um, the director, and Don Underwear. And essentially, like, there's a bit of a back and forth where, um, in Senpai's head, he's, like, doing an internal monologue of how he's going to get his lady's attention this time around. Mm-hmm. And try and move to phase two, as he called it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have the director and Don Underwear. Like, it kind of comes off and there is a joke in there. It's like, are you reading my mind? Like, it, like they're, like, listening to him. It, it didn't confirm of like him like speaking out loud but you can make the assumptions like dude you're talking out loud you dumbass but um like both eddie and patrick are just like what the fuck are you doing i i i I like it because there they correctly point out that senpai is being a complete he's going about this just like the wrong way the absolute wrong way but then when they're having their like little love scene on the stage he completely points out it's like don underwear what are you doing a woman just poured your heart out to you yes and you're going to continue to pursue this thing because an apple fell on your yes. head yes like, 
the senpai suddenly turns into a complete hypocrite. (laughs) It's great! Senpai is a perfectly astute guy. He's just Mm -hmm. incapable of applying that to himself. Yes. He's good at at applying situations and things to other people around him. But he's awful at figuring shit out for himself when it comes to, like, what he wants. Absolutely. He's awful at it. It's not his strong suit. No, it's not. It's not. He's awful at it. Like, oh, God, it's so great. Oh, Oh. But what do you think about Eddie, though? He's very funny. He's very funny. He's just he's he's funny. This is like well performed. Uh, his his singing is like the right level of like not terrible but amateurish. Right. Which I appreciate. I think that's true for a lot of the characters in here, and I appreciate that they. Uh, I think by the time this comes out, the Beck episode will definitely have been out. But I, yeah, I yeah. talked in there a little bit about the importance of if you're doing music in a dub, not just having good singing, but also like bad like good bad singing right and uh, considering and this seems more like an amateurish like theater troupe it works really well yeah exactly it's like no no one's like awful but there is very mm-hmm. much a sense of like especially like they, they mentioned that like uh part of the reason there are so many people in jail in the library festival headquarters is because they keep uh like they keep like arresting people and so they just have to get more understudies to they keep in. yeah they keep arresting the lead so- actress <laughs> So I just I just find it very funny that like at this point it's like they're down to like you know the the you know the understudy to the understudy to the understudy yeah and so like it's uh, not terrible they're the still point, part of the theater program but right. these are not the people who are getting cast in the shows usually and then it gets to the black haired girl who probably has no fuck who ha- who no, explicitly she's just, states she has no acting experience yeah she's just she's just game to try it that's she's just all. like I'm gonna take advantage of this this is fate I'm just gonna go for it it's like exactly. you do you sweetie <laughs> it was so. Uh. But yeah, I think, like, in terms of the songs in particular, it's definitely a style choice to make it sound very amateurish, because that, mm-hmm. that is the exact point for this. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's really well executed. Right. Here. Um, especially across, like, the, you know, the show in general, but especially across these three, because they get the, what ends up being the bulk of the songs in that little section, so. Yes. They have the most, they have the bulk of the songs for the whole section. They're also just, they're very funny songs. Oh my god. I like, I like when, yeah, I like speaking of fish puns. <laughs> is it, is it by chance or coincidence? <laughs> yep. After uh, Dawn Underwear and Noriko get hit by koi fish. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, oh, I appreciate that. It's, be- it's beautiful. That was A so plus. dumb, but I love it. <laughs> For this, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> it's good. Oh, man. It's Uh-oh. so, oh. Yeah, this 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 is a fun part of the movie, anyways, and I think like the three of them really help just no, put yeah. that all together. Because by this point, there's essentially I think like four stories that are mm-hmm. in the span of an hour and a half movie. You have the first story, which is essentially the reception and like bar hopping. Mm-hmm. Then you have the used book market. You mm-hmm. have the school festival, and then you have basically everybody coming down with a goddamn cold. So those are the four stories, and each of them they connect to each other nicely, honestly, and how it transitions. Because yep. the whole through line is it's like this is the longest night in the, this world, and it just feels like it takes place in the span of a year, but it, it's not. <laughs> like they explicitly state it feels like it's been a year. It's like no, <laughs> and they because they have also the um the wristwatches too. Mm-hmm. And that's a big indicator of it as well, because for everyone except for the black hair girl, 
um, we see their wristwatches like going very very quickly, like time is marching on so fast. Yeah, there's a there's a lot, there's a lot about like time and, and right. experience of time and so on in here. Yeah, and then you can also bring kind of circle it back a bit to Rihaku as well, a little mm-hmm. bit, and how he spent his time and just oh, there's a lot to this movie. <laughs> It's a, it's, I mean, the other reason I, people suggested uh, to Tommy Galaxy would be hard to dub is just this guy's books are dense. Yeah. And, and these, because uh, another one of his books, um, Eccentric Family is also based on one of his books, and that's oh. obviously by, like, a very different creative team. I forgot about that. Yeah, Eccentric Family um, is, like, all over the place, yeah. And, and like, you can see between, like, I, I haven't had a chance to read any of his books, but you can see that, like, his books are clearly have a lot going on in them, and I think, yeah. the, like, the, this and Tatami Galaxy in particular really maintain that, like, kind of thematic denseness that's going through a mm-hmm. lot of them. Um, and I remember that's part of the reason people suggest it might be hard to dub, it's just, like, there is so much going on here. Yeah, out of the three, and, and he, like, Night is Short, Tatami, and Eccentric Family, Eccentric Family isn't dubbed either, actually. I think I think it's the first thing. Unless, unless Penguin Penguin Highway didn't get a dub, did it? No, it did. Penguin Highway got dubbed. All right, so that, it, it that came would, up before that, this. Yeah, that's and that that's also based on one of his books. So that would have been okay. the first thing adapted from his stuff that got a dub. Right. Like, I haven't seen Penguin Highway, so I don't know how like compared to everything else that I've seen because I've watched Eccentric Family, I've seen this movie, I've seen a few episodes of Tommy Galaxy. I don't know how dense it is yeah. compared to those three. That, neither do I. I haven't seen it either. But um, I heard it can get freaking crazy though (laughs) sounds about Um, right though yeah but like something i appreciate about the dub here is that there is a lot of thematic denseness in here but it does a good job of like uh you know you can still follow it like it's not it's not it's not made obtuse or anything like that yeah there's still there's still a very clear through line with some of the thematic pieces to it like the sense of time like um sadness and loneliness because that becomes a huge thing especially Mm. in the second half of the film um, the idea of romance and love, and then there's also, like, fate. Coincidence, mm-hmm. like, coincidence versus fate. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard a truck outside, I was like, the fuck? <laughs> it's like, I heard a boom, I'm like, the <laughs> And anyway. Like, trying to record in here, dang it. <sighs> rude. At least I don't have that fucking yellow Mustang here. <laughs> That would go at the same goddamn time every fucking night. Oh, boy. Uh, no, when we were recording Jellyfish the other night, Zen had a similar moment with another guy revving his engine oh boy. in the parking lot. We, 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 when we had a small time alone, she's like, I'm sorry if you heard that. Um, and then I was like, oh, dude. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> like, I know the feeling. Every night at the same time and always when I'm recording. <laughs> every right. fucking night anyway never win never win um, i win today though except for when trucks go by that's about it uh let's see do you have anything else to add i don't know i don't know if there's much else to add like all three of yeah. these considering the story involved the story that all three of these are primarily involved is so much fun i know it's love they're it. great it's i delightful. love it Oh, are these yep. next characters? Oh, more Tatami Galaxy references. These are these are these are these are the these are the three characters, major characters from this who are explicitly from Tatami Galaxy. We have Hanuki. Uh, she's a she's like a dentist or a dental hygienist student. I forget which. Okay. Um. Yeah. She she's in Tatami Galaxy. She here she is like she basically she and uh, uh Higuchi who's i believe his, his gimmick is he's kind of like a permanent senior at the college 
Like he's yeah, actually, I like, think I remember like that. His, He's, he's like his 30s or 40s or something, but he's still technically a student there, so he just yeah. kind of hangs around. I, I think I only is... briefly met Hanuki in, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember how many episodes I watched, three maybe? I think I I think I briefly met her in episode three, but yeah, Higuchi th- was very prominent, like, from the beginning. Yeah, they're, that's, they're, so they're, they're like, they're also college students, yeah. they end up being pals of the black hair girl and kind of, uh, that's, they go bar crawling with her. Yep. They show her the ropes. Exactly. But they're not the characters we're going to talk about. Well, we are going to talk about them. They're not what we're here for, for this section. <laughs> those, those of you who have not... The acid those of trip who, of Senpai's mind! Those of you who have not watched Atomi Galaxy and have not seen the movie yet, for whatever reason, are probably looking at the screen right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, and asking, Amon, what is this horrifying day-glow cowboy who looks unnervingly like Woody from Toy Story doing here? What is this? Yeah. That is Johnny. Say uh, hello to say hello to Johnny, everyone. Hi, Johnny. I don't I don't know if you hit the point in Tommy Galaxy where he shows up, Steph. I did you? don't think I did. Right. Johnny is the Johnny is the uh Johnny is the personification of the male libido. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. After the first time I watched we watched it I watched it because I watched it with you. I was like, what the fuck is going afterwards I was like, what is Johnny? And I think there was a couple of your other friends there they're like what the fuck and you had to explain it and i'm just like okay <laughs> he, he in in tatami galaxy and night of short world johnny is the personification of the human libido which is why he spends so much of the parts of the movie that you see him at saying like well we should just do something about it yeah because i'm tired i'm tired of being horny with no outlet yeah. So let's do something. That's why you, where you see Johnny is only in Senpai's fucking weird delusions in the Pretty like much. the last store, the last quarter of the movie. Well, that's that's how he's using Tommy Galaxy too. He's just the pro- like with the protagonist just feeling sexually frustrated. Johnny shows up to harangue him about how he doesn't get laid. Oh, <laughs> yes, I love it. More, I'm 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 simplifying a little because it's been a while since he did Tommy Galaxy, but the, he serves the same role there. I'm about to say if if that's the role he served in this movie, I imagine that's the, nothing different with the Tommy oh, Galaxy. Oh, absolutely, no, it's 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 very much very much, it's the same idea. Oh, so that's that's Johnny. That is amazing, and I love it. <laughs> uh, playing these characters, uh, Hanuki is being played by Carrie Karanen. You know for such roles as playing uh, Ichio Higuchi in Bungo Stray Dogs, mm. Remy uh, Kakiyasu in Dragon Pilot, and Kasuka in Berserk. Uh, yep. Higuchi is being played by Paul uh, Giet. I apologize, Paul, if I mispronounce your name. We're doing this on the fly. Uh, who uh, has played such roles as uh, Nimzo in Dragon Quest Your Story, Gerard in Lupin the Third, the First, mm. and uh, Escola in Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative. Okay. And Johnny, Johnny, ah oh, Johnny, ah uh, Johnny is being played by Ben Pronsky, mm-hmm. you know, for playing uh, Kamiyama in Cromarty High School, Ida in Fully Alternative, and Benedict Blue in Violet Evergarden. Right. Okay. See Which, the other funny that's... part with Johnny though, mm-hmm. and I think the first time I watched this movie, even though I was a little thrown off by it, I mean. <laughs> I made the connection because Amon, you've seen Eden of the East. Yes. I made the connection to that. I'm like, oh, I know where this is fucking going. I remember. I remember how this went. Now, I remember, and I was like, oh wait, are they doing the same fucking thing that they did with the Johnnies in Eden of the East? And the answer was yes. 
Oh, God. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, no, that's... Johnny. Johnny. I'm going to be honest, how Johnny was directed was going to play a very important part in what I thought about the dub of this movie. (laughs) So Johnny was the make it or break it point for you, not like... I put it, it's not it's not that it would have been a good dub it's that johnny is an absurd thing yes and how well and how well whoever they cast could pull that off was gonna mean a lot to me i guess on that note what do you think no. about ben uh, a beautiful perfect <laughs> you're like i i have no just, problems with this i have no just, arguments no, this, against this. i was i was very i was very happy with this performance this look, look I, I like the cast here like I would like it if they could dub to Tommy Galaxy I would like a lot of the repeat or similar characters yes. to come back absolutely. but like no I absolutely would want Ben Brosky to come back and play Johnny into Tommy Galaxy like he's the right <laughs> level remember, I think into Tommy Galaxy you're not even introduced to him on screen it's just the main character is monologuing and then someone with a way more shrill voice just like interjects partway through I might have uh, run across that at least once maybe yeah, and I don't, I don't think he shows up on screen initially that that first time, but he shows okay. up later. Because uh, Johnny, Johnny is your just angry little libido who wants to get laid and does not understand why you don't do something about that already. <laughs> God damn it! It's like, why don't you just go talk to her, you little shit? <laughs> Pretty much. But jo- Johnny is in favor of actually doing something. Yes. Which leads to the awkward problem that Johnny might actually have a point here. <laughs> <laughs> During the conference inside the senpais have. Oh, that was amazing. Because you have all of the different senpais, to which, when we talk about the senpai, good on you for making them distinguishable, first of all, sir. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) Second of all, (laughs) whenever I heard Ben just pipe in, (laughs) it was the greatest thing. It's like, but what about this? It's like, no, shut up. Hey, we should have a say in this conversation, too. No! (laughs) We can't do that. And then all of a sudden, here comes the big Johnny. It's like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, God, no. I really love Ben. I really love him as Johnny. It's... <laughs> it makes the, the movie even more absurd. And that's just... Oh, I, just great. I love See, it. This, this, this is funny to me, because prior to seeing it with you guys, it hadn't occurred to... Because anyone else I'd seen this movie with had seen Tatami Galaxy. Right. So it hadn't occurred to me what it would be like to watch this movie, and suddenly di- just Johnny showing up and being like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Why Why is Woody from Toy Story yelling about sex? <laughs> it makes me wonder, because um, I know I talked about the Eden of the East Johnnies. It makes me wonder if, if it's either... Eden of the East pulled that, is, is a fan of Tatami Galaxy and pulled that, or if it's just, like, I, I, in I'm Japan ass- in general, if that's a thing that they do. I, I'm assuming that probably due to whatever, like, cross-cultural things is happening, Johnny is also just a slang word for penis in Japan. That's what it and sounds they're, like. And they're, and they're riffing on the fact that, like, that is a name. Right. Um, so that's, I'm assuming that's where that's coming from. That's my assumption, too. It makes the most sense. And, and it... Ugh. I'm so happy that I remembered that I remembered about Eden of the East and how that was a thing. <laughs> and I made the connection when I first watched the movie. I was like, oh shit, I know where this is going. And everybody else in the room is just like, what? <laughs> Everyone was so confused. And then you're in the corner, I think, and you're just smiling and laughing at like how we're all like just bewildered by this. 
I think I remember. Was that how it happened? I can't remember. Something like that. I think your girlfriend was making more snacks in the kitchen. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, I'm dying. Memories. <laughs> Memories. Oh, no. Ben is so fun. Ben is so much fun. Please dub to Tommy Galaxy and please let Ben come back as Johnny. <laughs> Just do it. Please, let us. Please, Funimation, outsource it. Again, outsource it at my post. And if they go and reuse people from this film into that, I won't be mad. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, you want to know who, uh... <laughs> my, my earlier, like, discussion of predictions, I had some for Higurchi. Mm-hmm. Who'd you have? Chris Waycamp and David Wald. This would be good. This would be oh, fun. David Wald would be really good. David Wald would be that. fun, right? He, he, he could, he could well, more so into Tommy Galaxy. Like Higuchi is very, he's very like kind of you know mentory. Right. I feel like D David would sell that really well. But I think at the same time, like considering, and I, this kind of goes, I guess, into Paul's performance. He's a bit more like dignified. If that makes sense, and no, well, it, it, one of my favorite jokes in this is when they're having like the hot Nabu eating contest. Yeah, and he spends most of it just completely no selling the fact that any of this food is even remotely spicy. Yes, and like that's that's and you know, that's that's not voice acting, but that's a key part of like Higuchi's like just aura. Like he, right, he, he so often seems like he is not even above it all. It's just it does not affect him. Yeah, he seems so like nonchalant about shit. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, like, dignified. He At least he appears to be dignified. That's, like, the aura, as you said, like, presence that he has. That's why I was, like, maybe Chris Wakehib if Tatami Galaxy was a thing. But, um, no, Paul is so much fun. It's like, it's like the voice of, a, of, um, not a gentle giant. It's, um, oh, it's like a calming presence. Exactly. When, when Higuchi, like, explains what's going on, you feel like, yeah, I can listen to him. He knows what's up. Yeah. Like, this man he's knows not, what's not, happening. He's not gonna He's not gonna mess with me. He's gonna be upfront about it. Right. Even if it's like, well, I'm glad she's here because I'm completely useless at taking care of people. You would, be, you would starve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he's, he seems like the most put-together person, but in actuality, he's not. <laughs> Well, as we could see from his house. Oh, which absolutely. Is, which, is, which appears to be eight filling garbage bags, a space heater, and a hammock. And a hammock that he just sits there and swings while having a cold. Just like, ah, it's fine. Exactly. No worries. And he's in, he lives in a rundown apartment building, too. Yes. Because, like, during that whole thing with the colds and stuff like that, and when the black hair girls and um, Hanuki go to visit him... He's, the, house, the whole building is just shaking with the wind. It's like, oh my god. But no, I really love Paul as Higuchi. Like, it's so... It's the exact kind of voice and presence that I would expect Higuchi to have. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something just very, like, sort of, yeah, zen and authoritative. Right! Like, he seems like... Like, you said, you, you t like you said, because in Tatami Galaxy, he's kind of like a mentor figure in a way. And that mm -hmm. does translate here as well. Like, cause he, him and Hanaki take the black hair girl under their wing when they go bar hopping. Like, that that whole mentor aspect is there. I love it. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> these are the older friends you want to have. Yes. They'll show, they'll show you where the good bars are. Oh, 100%. They'll, they'll show you the good shit. They will make and sure, I, but they will make sure you get home safely. Exactly. They will take no, you they, out on the town, have fun, get you fucking wasted, but they'll make sure you get home safely. Mm. Like. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, Paul, uh, Paul, just like, he's really, he's like, you know, he's got this sort of Zen dignity and he's very, mm-hmm. he's very funny. Yeah. Um, I like, I liked Carrie's performance a lot for similar reasons. The, um, kind of the moment of the movie for me that always feels like, okay, this is, this is kind of the, this is really dumb, but the part I always remember from Anuki is when they're like, when, um, they're like showing to the blacker girl how to crash a party correctly. Yes. And she just like meets some random guy and goes, yay, are you drinking? <laughs> and just said, it just says yay incessantly until he basically agrees to like take her wherever she's going. Yep. And it's just kind of like, this feels like kind of, this is the little moment that's going to be like, if they nail this, then it's a good performance. And there it is. And I, did, and I liked it. I, she did those yays very, very well. I was extreme. I was very happy with that. It was so cute. Um, yeah, she's, she, like, she's, like, uh, Hanuki is kind of like the cool older person in a very different way from Higuchi, but I thought Carrie, like, just portrayed that very well. It's like, yeah, this is the person you would want to hang out with on a fun night on the town it's kind of like the... it's kind of like either the cool older sister or the cool best friend exactly um she's just she's just great she's she's a lot of fun um no yeah i i love carrie she's so chipper and full of energy mm-hmm. um especially in the more comedic moments but then if you when she um when she's not when she's not hamming it up um the whole yay <laughs> um she is that she is another mentor figure but it, it, but like you said it's different from higuchi um mm-hmm. like she's like the i see it as like the big sister in a way uh-huh. oh, um, definitely. and it, it's it's enough of a contrast from higuchi that carrie makes it work very very well so she has like a bit of maturity to her uh-huh. and i really i really do like it um, God, what's another fun one? When she, when she gets sick. Oh, Hanuki. Um, when she, when she first gets sick during the, um, used book market, mm-hmm. she's just chilling. Um, she's just chilling under, under the kotatsu with, um, Don underwear, because Higuchi has left by this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, she's just like, ah, oh, such a romantic. <laughs> shit like that he's like oh and it's like i don't know if that's gonna work but <laughs> <laughs> she's just she's very sweet and mature but at the same time she will like be the bluntest human being in the whole universe she'll tell it like it is and I... yeah, she's she, she's not gonna be mean but she's not gonna sugarcoat it either no she'll tell it like it is like hanuki tells this shit like it is and i love carrie <laughs> so much for that because it just comes off so well so so well no all of these oh, performances definitely. are so fucking fun oh my god absolutely i mean we, we keep saying bring the cast back if you don't do comic galaxy but no please do please like, actually funimation please again i i will say this again funimation you outsource bungo and alchemist outsource to tommy galaxy look look if, it, if it's some weird technical issue like they lost like the the music and effects track for something this recent which would be very depressing uh, if it's something like that i understand but if you're in a position to do it please do it please please do it please 
Like, this film makes it seem possible. You have no excuse not to do it now, so. <laughs> There's an actual, like, established cast for some of the characters that cross into Tatami Galaxy. So there you go. <laughs> so, so, so Funimation, like, pulls in, like, the, the streaming numbers for this and shows from uh, whoever, like, owns both his movies in Japan is like, see, people will watch it. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. Bring in it the HBO Max. The Bring the HBO Max numbers and let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because, oh, side note, G-Kids, re-release this fucking thing on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's stuck it's... in HBO Max jail. I, I, I suspect there, well, I'll get into this later, but I suspect it will, we'll, we'll see a Blu-ray at some point. I hope yeah. so, because I, 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 think... I, I have it, but I want, I, I really would, I will buy a second copy. Like Based on what I know about this, HBO Max probably has, like, some short-term exclusivity contract, but probably. once that's up... I assume they're going to put on a new Blu-ray with the dub on it. Like, I doubt that's going to stay on there as the only place it's available. Barring, like, G-Kids just imploding in the next year or two, which seems very unlikely. Right. So, um, we'll see, though. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you have anything else to add? <sighs> Aside from what I've already said about how they should dub Tatami Galaxy with this cast? <laughs> no! I don't! <laughs> Unless you have something to add. You're all wonderful. I hope you get to play these characters again because you're great as them. It's so fun. Oh, yay! Yay! I'm excited now. <laughs> I've oh, yeah. been waiting the whole time to talk about this. Oh, yeah. We got we to gotta, we gotta, to, to close us off, we got to talk about our leads. Oh, I love we you. We have the black haired girl mm-hmm. and senpai. Oh, senpai. Uh, the black-haired girl, she she is youthful, she is invigorated, she is adventurous, she loves trying out new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is always she is always just going straight on ahead into whatever whatever new interesting has come across and uh, caring not if whether or not people can keep up or not. Again, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about mm-hmm. her versus um, Rihaku and their mm-hmm. views on life. Mm. Uh, and Senpai is an older classmate of hers who has the hops for her and has enacted the... See, I, I, I feel for Senpai because this is definitely how, like, high school me would have gone about this because oh, okay. I also didn't know what I was doing. Okay, yep, I see it. It's like, it's like, well, I, I don't, you, you, you fear rejection too much to be open about it, so you try and just be like, I'll just hang out, I'll just be there a lot. That'll, yep. that'll go somewhere, right? <laughs> and then, and then, and then when we feel comfortable, we can move on to phase two where we talk to her. Phase two never happens, by the way, that's the problem with this plan. Uh, you never feel like you've hit that point yet. Well, he he he's at least on the right track by the end of the film, though. Yeah, no, but you... well, by, the the, by the end of the film, he he actually decides to make a move, which is why things turn out. <laughs> yeah, he decides uh, to stop being an idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god. Uh, and and in the attempt to try to impress this lady, he gets himself to self into all sorts of trouble oh my god so much trouble he loses his underwear mm-hmm. he uh ends up with a ice cream as a dick for some reason twice he um has to go through spicy hell to get a goddamn picture book of a train mm-hmm. <laughs> he um ha- tries to stop his lady love from kissing another man and tries to take his place in order to accomplish that for himself he gets catches, a, fire, catches fire briefly catches while doing fire that. Catches fire briefly while doing that. 
Um, he fails, but then he gets sick and he <laughs> contemplates him, his lonely existence. <laughs> like this, this character goes through so much shit in the span of like ninety minutes. <laughs> uh, but he, but he is also responsible for maybe the funniest image in the movie, which is when the black haired girl is leaving uh, Rihaku's house on his way to him and she has her little like image spot of like bishi senpai yes. <laughs> who's way prettier than actual senpai is yes <laughs> every, every time that comes up i just laugh and laugh and laugh it's amazing it's so fucking fun anyway <laughs> who's playing these characters you may ask yes i would love well, to know well let me tell you because i do uh, i want to stop calling senpai by senpai <laughs> Uh, the black-haired girl is being played by Jackie Lastro. Yay! You know, uh, she plays one of the platelets in Cells at Work. Mm -hmm. uh, she is uh, Komeko in Konosuba. Mm -hmm. And she plays uh, Mr. Uh, Misa Ilioragu, I'm gonna guess, uh, in Misfit of Demon King Academy. Okay. And Senpai is being played by Kellen Gaw. Yay! <laughs> you know, for a bunch of things, including Hoodlum in Akudama Drive. Yes! <laughs> Uh, he plays a bunch of characters in JoJo's. I'm gonna prick out that he plays Emperor Crimson because that's clearly the, yes. the famous, no one understands how King Crimson works stand in for the anime. But I don't care. I, Kellen is just amazing as that, by the way. Uh, em Emperor Crimson works because it's awesome. Duh. Emperor Crimson just, works because like he's band. amazing. Uh, and he, I... He, I don't, I have no context for this because I'm not anywhere near caught up with Black Clover, mm -hmm. and apparently he's in there playing uh, what is credited as the devil. Oh! Uh, and I, I, I love it, I love it when actors get credits and things that are just like, the devil! I, Satan, I stopped watching Black Clover a while ago, but I think I potentially know what character that could be. But, is, it, um, is, this a, is this a character where Kellen breaks out his, like, deep, rumbly monster voice? Mm, true. But... If you want to go for another shonen favorite, we of course mm -hmm. have Overhaul from My Hero. Exactly. So, uh, Steph, you clearly have a lot you want to say. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, I kind of I'll start with Jackie. I love her. I love Jackie so much. I don't get to see I don't get to see and hear Jackie enough, honestly. But mm. I'm so happy I got to see her in this. She's so precious. She's so sweet and bubbly and so much fun. And um, she gives the black-haired girl so much of a positive outlook on life. And Jackie just exudes that positivity all throughout the course of the film. Like, you love watching her whole night unfold and just these random adventures and escapades just come out in front of her. I just love it so much. <laughs> like, she's so precious. I want to give her a hug. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I'm just gushing right now. <laughs> no, I, I agree. This is a really good performance. Mm -hmm. like, I, th I think a lot of what makes this movie work is the black hair girl is just such a fun exciting like you completely buy throughout the movie mm -hmm. why like senpai has a crush on this woman yeah it's like she is she's so fun she's so energetic she has such a wonderful outlook on life mm -hmm. it's like of course you would fall in love with this woman look at her right um and i think jackie just does such a wonderful job of capturing that it's like yes i want to see her like 
go on a bar crawl yeah go look for old books and get roped into a guerrilla theater performance like yes yes like yes. even though you can call the both of them the leads of this film because you totally mm-hmm. can the black haired girl is the one who really carries it through mm-hmm. in all honesty and jackie really carries the film through and it it's just so much fun energy and positivity i oh god i love it so much Oh. I'm dying right now. I'm dying. Are you gonna be okay? Oh. As much as I really love Jackie, <laughs> not even. It, it, it all took all of fucking two minutes. <laughs> two minutes for me to fall in love with Kellen's senpai. <laughs> and I was done and sold. That whole spiel at the, at the beginning of the movie where he's talking about um, setting himself up with um, the black hair girl to make it like go from being a coincidence to fate. And the whole, the whole bit about like, it was chance. It was chance. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Because my thing is this, with Kellen, I was more introduced to him as an actor because of Overhaul, right? Mm -hmm. And I know he can pull off, like, menacing and tough characters like King Crimson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you have, as a precursor to this, you have Agudama Drive Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Hoodlum. And holy... How much of Akudama Drive have you seen, or if you have you started it at all? I have seen... I've definitely seen the first episode. I've maybe seen the second episode, but I'm not sure. Okay. So, I, even I got in to that the short... Part where they all, I got to the part where they all get, like, their little neck bombs, basically. So that is at least the end of the first episode. Even though it's brief, you see how hyperactive Hoodlum is, yes? He, 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 plays a, he does a really good job playing a character named Hoodlum. Oh my god. Hoodlum like is that, one that, of that's, the that's, Hoodlum is like in in a strong dev like that. Hoodlum is one of the highlights to me, honestly. Like, <laughs> no, it's very it's like that. That's what a hoodlum should sound yeah, like. That is correct. It is correct. <laughs> so like, I got to see more of a comedic side because even though it's a very drama action oriented show, Akudama, Hoodlum is more of a bit of like a comedic relief character to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I got to see more of Kellen's comedic chops. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh my god, it was great. But holy god! <laughs> oh, the amount of shit and intricacies Kellen has to pull off in the span of 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, because we've alluded to a few of those points. Like, he has to very much go off the wall with, like, crazy voices all over the place. He has his fucking fever dream before Johnny shows up where he has to basically voice different variations of himself. Mm-hmm. You also have, and on a technical aspect, you also have the fast-paced nature and dialogue that the senpai has. With, in this case, it being, like, internal monologues that Kellen has to be, like, really quick on his toes. It, oh, my God. <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> That's all it fucking took for me to be sold on Kellen 
as the senpai. And I think when the cast was announced for the f dub of this, he had mentioned that this is his first, like, romantic comedy lead as well. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know of, this is one of his first, like, one of his first, like, actual lead characters, too. Mm -hmm. To which, good on you, first of all. Second of all, god damn it. <laughs> like, if this is not the best first lead you could possibly ask for, <laughs> I don't know what is. Oh, god, I love every second of it. Like, I just... Uh, Kellen's performance as the senpai is probably one of the main reasons why I could not stop smiling throughout the whole fucking film. It's so much fun! He's having a blast! Like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I keep gushing, I'm sorry! <laughs> look, look. I started watching this dub. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd, like, put together kind of a cast list before, so I'd seen who was playing things. But when Senpai started talking, I just kind of realized, like, who does this place? I'm blanking on it. So I just briefly looked it up. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, Kellen Goff. And I immediately thought, why is Kellen Goff not famous? Why is, why is he Why not... is he not bigger than he actually should be at this point? Yeah, why, why, it's like, why, because I feel like, you know, you, you know, anime voice acting, like, famous is a little bit relative to a certain extent. But right. I feel like, you know, you, you definitely have the people who are, like... Monica Rial, mm -hmm. Johnny Young Bosch, like pe people, like people will go to cons to see them. Right, like, there are there way. are people in the anime, there are actors in the anime community that you would quote unquote consider to be famous at this point. Exactly, like, there there are legit names, and it was just like, why is Kellen Goff not there already? He's just the oh my god, he's such he he's very talented. Like he can mask his voice like so dark and menacing, and then he can bring out this. <laughs> And we'll throw Hoodlum in there because it's kind of in the similar vein, just a little less kooky. Like, ah, oh. I just it's just it's just it's like this is such a good perform. This in the universe where like you know uh you know like anime dub roles got nominated for like you know major acting awards mm -hmm. like your parents have heard of. Right. It's like oh, Kalingoff should be on the short list for that unquestionably for this oh like, yeah look at look at how much ground he has to cover look at all he has to do and yeah. like co and co-carried this movie through so much different like you know events and tones mm -hmm. and you know sing a song where he has to keep trying to act like he is not delivering yes like, like trying try, trying to look cool in front of his would-be girl i mentioned the operatic parts of it um the senpai kind of had that a little bit i think the senpai and to an extent, Don Underwear had kind of more of the, like, oper operatic style to the mm -hmm. singing, um, which works so fucking well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I loved it. Oh, my God. Kellen blew. Oh. Because, again, I had predictions for Tatami Galaxy. He blew all those out of the fucking water. Like, I'm just like, okay, I don't want any of these ones that I thought. Give me Kellen for Tatami Galaxy. I don't care. <laughs> like, this is what I want now. I love it. You know, because, like, when, when we did the Q&A episode, someone asked, like, you know, something about, like, you know, what's a dub, you, what's a show you'd like to see get dubbed and who yeah. the lead actor. And I picked a Tommy Galaxy, and my pick for, like, you know, who in, who in like, some of the general, like, Funimation acting pool, what I want, I said Jerry Jewell. Yeah, I remember that. And if they, dub, if they dubbed this with Jerry Jewell, I would, I would be fine with that, but if they get Kellen, like, I'm not gonna complain about this, he can no. clearly do this. Like. Like, this is good. Like, we've said that... It's it's Tatami Galaxy is viewed as possibly an undubbable series. Um, again, they meant the same thing with Nichijou, but Nichijou fucking happened. Um, mm -hmm. 
But if this film show, shows anything, it's humanly, it's very humanly possible. And especially if you give it to the right people. Kellen is the correct person to give this to. Mm-hmm. 100%. And considering some of the other work he's done, where there are very crazy aspects to those characters, and he's just knocked it out of the park, I think, like every single time that I've watched him. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> Funimation, please. Do us a solid, please. Because <laughs> I would love to see, I think it's 11 episodes, an 11 episode series of Kellen just going mm. fucking batshit. <laughs> I would want to see that. Please give that to me. And I feel, I feel, I feel, and look, we've, look, Kellen Goff, he is in this and he also plays like the big spider dad in Demon Slayer. Like, yes! he, has a, he has a level of vocal control I'm, I'm often just not used to seeing in like anime voice actors. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is the stuff that I associate with like, you know, Frank Welker, who mm-hmm. can play Fred Jones and Scooby-Doo, and also do, like, you know, impersonate, like, you know, animals growling. Like, he does so many animal voices. Mm-hmm. Kellen Goff feels like he's at that level. So right. I feel like, no, you could you could take something like Tommy Galaxy, which involves, like, an incredible amount of local performance out of the male lead, and I think he could do it. No, like, he 100%. he absolutely do it. So long as he's given the right scripting and material, and as well as direction, mm-hmm. because on a technical level, it, there are aspects again, in Tatami Galaxy, would be that would prove difficult. Like, so mm. long as you balance that with the right direction and the right script work, like, he would be fucking fantastic as the protagonist in Tatami Galaxy. I can see mm-hmm. it. 100%. Like, oh, please. <laughs> Killin' is so good. He's my favorite in this film. He is Leonard. my favorite. <laughs> I love let it. Dreams, let, a, let our dreams come true. Please. B, let Killin' Well, let Kellen be the more, lead more things in general, clearly, but let him yes. be the lead in that. Let Kellen do more crazy things. Because that that feels like a role that lets Kellen just, like, do do all the, all the stuff he can do. Oh, my God. And he deserves that. Because, again, Kellen has a wide, like, range on him, and he, he it's, it's all pretty much on full display here. Minus maybe his villain roles that he's done. Mm-hmm. But, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Oh, Jackie's also fantastic. I love her. I would love for her to come back for Tatami yes. Galaxy as, um, what's the parallel? Akashi. Akashi. Yeah. That's the parallel for that character. But, um... I, I oh. definitely want. I definitely want to see Jackie play the role where the the comhead Akeshi notices a butterfly has landed on her and just freaks out for a second. Yep, that would be so much fun. And the two of them, like, I don't. I know we've been gushing about them individually. The two of them play off of each other so well. Oh, they're so good. Oh, they're they're great. Great, and they're so cute. And by the end of it, we were when we were kind of talking about it a little bit when um, Jackie starts realizing, oh, maybe maybe this isn't by chance anymore. Like, mm-hmm. And especially when she's visiting these people and they're asking about like, if she knows what happened to, to Kellen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's easier for me to call him Jackie and Kellen at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're asking, like, what happened to, to, to Senpai? Like, is he okay? He's been doing this and this and this and she's just like, Huh. Hmm. Huh. One of, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when, like, Senpai expresses surprise that she ca- It's like, oh, what a coincidence. And she's just like, no, it's by chance. That was so cute. I just, I just, I, lo- I love that little, I love that little moment of, like, them reversing, like. Reversing the, the roles from the beginning, yeah. It's like, it, it, 
this is going to sound really corny, but mm -hmm. it reminds me of the bit in the beginning of The Princess Bride where they're talking about how Wellesley is always like, as you wish. Yep. And at some point she realizes, as you wish just means I love you. Yes. Oh, it's, like, it's like, this is... It's this the is, same this idea. Is, this is this is actually really romantic. It I is. I enjoy this a lot. As crazy as this movie is, it does have romantic elements. And it's just so... When, when they really pull those out, it's so sweet. It really is. I love it so much. And then you have, speaking of the end when they basically swap roles on that one, um, you also have um, Jackie who just suddenly gets very flushed. She's like, I think I'm coming down with a cold. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so precious. Because <laughs> throughout that whole last quarter, she was saying, like, I think the cold god's forsaken me. They don't want me to get sick. <laughs> and then she, she gets so red in the face, she's like, I think I'm coming down with a cold. It's so cute and so sweet. I love it. It's so precious to me. <laughs> I love it. Please let them do more things. I want to see Jackie and Kellen do more things. They're so cute. I love it. Oh, God. We keep gushing about this movie. Oh my god, this is so fun. This this is this is probably one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to move on to final thoughts? At this stage, we may as well, because it's either that or we're gonna keep gushing for like a couple more hours about how good Jackie and Kellen are. It's the it's the, it's the Jackie and Kellen fan corner. Yes, party of two. <laughs> party of two. Need more alcohol. Like, oh Jesus! Like this this is. This is probably what this has become one of my favorite movies. Like part of it is, you know, I love I love Yuasa. I love his sensibility. Yes. I love what he, I love like I'm I was like I was like I said I was very surprised to learn that like, um like basically bringing the Tatami Galaxy crew back to adapt this was not like a planned thing that someone set out to make. It just kind of happened that way because I think like, uh like him and the crew because you know like I don't know about the specifics but I do know like you know they got the same people to do the music back. There's also yeah. a lot of returning like cast in the Japanese track. There's a lot of like you know this is a reunion on some level for that crew and I love so much about their sensibility and how they chose to adapt this story. Mm -hmm. And I think this dub just does a wonderful job of capturing that. Um, like I, I know one of the reasons people pointed to the unlikeliness of like Tatami Galaxy getting a dub is just the whole the whole show feels so niche. It feels like the yeah. kind of thing that doesn't get popular, mm -hmm. and I think this movie has a little bit of that. But I think there's a difference of like this. It's easier to pitch someone on this in like a two, you know, a ninety minute to two hour movie rather than like even a like fairly short TV show. Right, something like this can be a little bit more accessible for an English speaking audience compared to Tatami Galaxy. Exactly, but and I like how just well this turned out because this kind of feels like yeah, you, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, this feels like the kind of thing, like, you can do this and you can make it something that I think a lot of people can sit down and enjoy. Even if looking at it, they think, I don't know if I would enjoy this. No, I yeah. think it can bring, I think it can bring out a lot of what is more accessible about it and what, and, you know, kind of make a lot of what might seem a little daunting. Be like, it's it's not that daunting. Like, you'll, you you give it, give it five minutes, you'll get into it. Yeah. You'll figure out what rhythm this is on. Even. And you can jam to it too. Yeah, even though there's a lot of crazy sensibilities and it could, like you said, it could seem like a little niche to people. At its core, thematically speaking, like, the themes of, um, like, coincidence versus fate, um, romance, um, 
the idea of time and loneliness like there are some core themes that will resonate with people actually and like it's the the through line on those themes is very straightforward that you can follow along easily um mm-hmm. it's just also a bunch of things happening at the same time and oh my god <laughs> i love it oh it's so good Good. I love Yuasa things. I love Yuasa things too. I know typically Patrick's the Yuasa person here, and I'll admit I feel bad for taking this from him. He's gonna talk about another Yuasa thing though. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He gets to have his Yuasa this year, which is great. Um, but this movie is just so it's it's fun, positive energy from start to finish, essentially. Like, you can't... Again, I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. I could not stop smiling the entire time from start to finish. And I kept, like, laughing my ass off. And I think almost screaming a couple of times. And I think my neighbors probably heard me and might have been concerned. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, I love this movie so much. I'm sad that I originally missed when it premi- when they did the premiere screening during A-Fest. But I'm so happy Amon got me to watch it when he did. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, why did I miss this? Oh, and the dub. Oh, the dub. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Like, if, if the sad fact turns out to be that we're never going to get a dub for Tatami Galaxy, I am content in knowing that this dub exists mm-hmm. because it can it 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 proves that it is possible because there are a lot of technical aspects involved with something like dubbing this whether it's the directing and writing front especially the I, I definitely think the writing front was probably one of the more difficult aspects of it mm. um like in terms of like translation and adapting it and localization to try and make it to make it accessible for those English-speaking audiences. Because while G-Kids is known for having a bunch of, like, anime films and stuff, they also try to market those same films to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you have, um, for instance, I think they have Mirai, for example, um, mm-hmm. where Mirai was nominated for an Academy Award the year it came out. Um, and you have, like, several other films, and then you also have NYAV posts that have taken part in the dubbing of films that have also received, like, Academy Award nods, too. I think. Maybe. I could be wrong. I'm thinking Ernest and Celestine, but I'm not confident on that one. I feel, I feel like that guy, look, that's, that's the kind of thing where, even if it wasn't officially nominated, like, that's definitely the kind of movie that, like, will get some sort of, you know, it will have some kind of for-your-consideration type right. campaign come Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Silent Voice is another big one, actually, because that one was mm. potentially in the running, too. And that was NYAV Post as well. Um, and though it didn't get properly nomi- nominated for it, um, it was a Oscar contender as well mm-hmm. at, during the year it was out. And, like, both NYAV Post and I think G-Kids not only cater to anime fans and in the community they also mm-hmm. try to make they broaden it to a wider audience i mean I, well, that's like I, I haven't done it recently obviously because right. of circumstances but um whenever i went to like the uh 
I think it's a Regal is like the kind of the big chain theater I like to go to around here. Like they would routinely be advertising like, you know, you know, Ghibli month or some like special right. event that G kids was put, you know, G kids clearly puts a lot of effort into like, like, you know, we can sell this to just like normal people who don't like, like particularly care about anime outside of it. Just being like, this movie looks fun. Let, let us see this. Yeah. This looks like a nice, this is like a nice two hours to spend on like a, a weekday afternoon mm-hmm. or an evening or something. Um, and I think, and I appreciate that because I feel like I can go on a whole spiel about kind of accessibility and how things are kind of marketed and pitched and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I like that they just kind of treat like, no, these are movies. Like your mom yeah. would enjoy this. No, yeah. Like, like. It, it, it kind of goes back to like, in a way, the accessibility of anime nowadays because like, especially for us, because we're around the same age. Like when we mm-hmm. were younger, you didn't really know about anime. <laughs> Like you would anime was anime was just cartoons on TV. Yeah, you had your Ghibli films, you had fucking Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, the normal stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. like I I think Sailor Moon and um, Dragon Ball Z would, weren't exactly our generation. They were a little bit older, but um, points to stands. But like nowadays, like it's so much easier for a new anime fan to get into anime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like it's things like. G kids and it's things like NYAV Post. It's people like G kids and NYAV Post that really work to try and make that possible. Um, and it's 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 so fun to see, <laughs> honestly. Um, but no, the you're right. We could go forever on this. Um, but no, the dub of Night is Short, Walk on Girl. I fucking love it. <laughs> like, there's so many difficult, like technical things and like so many hurdles that they had to overcome and they just did it and it just sounds so cohesive and just so much fun again funimation they've proven it's fucking possible dubbed to tommy galaxy they've proven this is possible do it (laughs) don't maybe go shia labeouf on your ass (laughs) just do it Uh, if you if you don't do it, I won't go Shia LaBeouf on your ass, but I will be very sad. <laughs> um, I'll go Shia LaBeouf on your ass, and then Alma will just be in the corner, just like shaking his head, like "How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I am disappointed in you, son." <laughs> That's what you would I was, do. I can see I was, it. I was thinking more. I just kind of like sigh wistfully and like stare into the middle distance, <laughs> thinking of what could have been. Just staring into the void of sadness <sighs> and disappointment. <laughs> but no, like. This and I haven't watched Nietzsche Joe or all of Nietzsche Joe. Like, it's possible to dub really niche, like, fast paced stuff like this. It's humanly possible. Like, you can't just not. It's, you can't say this. there's a show that's undubbable anymore, honestly, because it can be done. Just so long as you get put in the right hands. Hmm. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, go watch this movie. Please. Please go watch this movie. How can they watch this movie? Well, currently. Uh, currently it is available on Blu-ray, uh, from G-Kids and Shout Factory, but that is the older release that doesn't have the dub on it. If you want to reach, uh, watch the dub, that is currently exclusively streaming on HBO Max. Um, now my general understanding from how a lot of these sort of contract works is it'll probably be exclusive to that for, like, one to three years, kind of, depending on what contract was worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that starts streaming on there, what, earlier this year, I want to say? Yeah, I think it came out February? So, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so... 
sometime in the next few years, it will G Kids will probably put out another Blu-ray edition oh. that will have the dub on it. Side yes. side note, because I think I remember mm-hmm. telling you this. Um, the film is also available on YouTube. I can neither confirm nor deny if the dub is on there, though. And the reason why I say this, the cast listing that is on the um, YouTube uh, on, on YouTube for renting and mm-hmm. buying the video there has the mm-hmm. English cast listed. Ooh, okay, I can neither confirm nor deny if that is, in fact, the English dub, but the English dub cast is listed under that listing on YouTube. So you right, can I buy might, or rent I it might... there, too. Yeah, I might, I might try and do a little research and see if I can confirm that. If not, you'll probably see a little placard on screen if you're watching this on YouTube, or there'll be a note in the description if you're, wa- uh, you know, doing this in the, uh, one of the audio feeds. Yeah, so, because uh, we have to, because uh, at some of the movies every freaking year we have to add the extra thing because people think for some oh, yeah, freaking reason that this is the actual film. It's not! Oh, oh the movie's just available for free on YouTube? Yes, <laughs> because, yeah, because we like, love getting our asses in trouble. Th- <sighs> Like my, yes, my, mess my man, you will sometimes find, like, but thank- movies you've heard of for free on YouTube, but they're usually things so old that whoever owns the copyright doesn't care anymore. But, Not something that came out last But thank you years. for thinking that we do, because we have moments like fucking Your Name, for example. Like, fu- first, like first season of some of the movies when we didn't institute that shit, and people to this day still think we fucking tricked them. Oh, it's like, No! Still- we, st- we still got that. I noticed oh. that, like, the episode we did for the Dragon Quest movie had a normally high viewing number, and it's like, this is all people who thought it was the actual yeah. Dragon Quest movie. Yeah, there's, oh, an, well. there's a reason. <sighs> and, <it's, sighs> and Dragon Quest was last year, and the fact that we added an extra fucking disclaimer after season one of Summer... That's a whole thing entirely, I'm sorry. Please support the official release of the movie. God damn yes. it. Yes. Oh. Uh, which... Which will probably be on HBO Max for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a subscription there for some other amount. You may know somebody who will share your password with you. Yeah. Do that. That's fine. Don't listen to Disney. They're just trying to get money out of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing wrong with sharing your password. You paid your money. Yep. You, you paid. Um, You're fine. Someone's paying. Uh, and, They're getting their money. And, they can shut up. Exactly. And, uh, and at some point in the near future next couple of years I probably so. it will probably get a, a new home video release with the dub on it so you can check it out there uh let's see uh if you want to follow us you can follow us on youtube mm-hmm. where you're likely watching this or a similar or one of our audio feeds where you're probably also listening to this yes please uh, so please follow or subscribe one whatever one you're on please put a put a put a comment on the video if there's a comment section yes uh we like knowing if people are listening yes. um we're also on twitter uh, at Dub Talk Podcast, we have our excuse me, we have our Twitch page, which people have been streaming video games on. We we need to figure out when we can stream Higurashi at some. Yes, point. we do. Yeah. If 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 by this if by the time this episode has not has comes out and we haven't done it yet, please please tell us. We need to figure out how when we can stream Higurashi. Yeah, we need, we need to figure because <laughs> we, we want to. It would just need like an hour, an hour or two that like we both have time off to do it, like once a week or something. So yeah. we should get on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I mean, we also have an oh. Instagram and a Tumblr, but both of those are dead. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, exactly. Uh, plat- platforms where we don't know what content to put on them, anyways, and we're not sure if anyone's on there to begin with. Right. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> um, but we also we have a Patreon though, which is more fun. Yes. Uh, you can you can you can go there and you can get stuff early. You can I guess we don't have ads in the first place, so we can't really pitch ourselves not having ads there. But whatever. 
Uh, you can pretend there are ads on the regular. Oh no, YouTube has ads. YouTube has it? ads, so, so there are ads. We want, without, we want it without ads. Sub on the uh, sub on the Patreon. Yes. Uh, and uh, and if you sub on us, you'll get a little shout out on the episode, like we're about to do right now. Yes. Thank you to our five dollar tier patrons, Megan's mom and dad. Hi, Megan's mom and dad. Hi, Megan's mom and it's dad. Very nice of you. Uh, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yowie hands. It's always a funny image. Because <laughs> that's uh, just Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And, hi, Jackson. Hi, Jackson. We love you. Uh, Sue Twit and uh, Victor Mayboroda. Mm-hmm. And at the $10 tier, we have Brandon Best, Carly Lestikow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Julia W., Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, Steph, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, sweet lord. Um... If you want to check out any weird things I do, uh, <laughs> or just rant about life in general, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E. And I also have a blog, Life and Times Otaku.wordpress.com, where I haven't posted in a hot minute, but I have things there. So if you want to. And what about you, Amon? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at AmonDuelUS. Uh, Duel has two using it. I talk about whatever interests me, and I retweet a lot of art, and it's a fun time. Uh, and I'll also post songs occasionally because I like music. And I have a I have a dusty old song. Would you like to hear what it is, Steph? I would love to. What kind of what kind of dusty old song connects you to uh, Night is Short? Uh, well, I tried to come up with something clever, but I couldn't think of like I'm sure there's a concept out there somewhere about going like a, a night on the town or something, mm-hmm. but I couldn't think of what it was. Uh, so I decided to cheat since I don't know if we're ever gonna do a Tatami Galaxy episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, which, uh, look, I, I saw Tatami Galaxy at some point in college. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was the anime club I was on was just showing it. Yeah. And uh, I just I, I will eternally have a very vivid memory of watching it mm-hmm. and the opening coming on and hearing because uh, when you finish this movie as as it is. Uh, it ends with an Asian Kung Fu Generation song because that's part of this now. I the guy forgot. who does the the guy who does like the character designs for this and Tatami Galaxy does like all of their cover artwork. So he, they're part of this little like creative ecosystem. That's right. I forgot uh, about that because I know the um, cover art for um, uh, the opening for Erased. Mm-hmm. I remember is that, that. Is that also a Kung Fu Asian a, a Asian Kung Fu Generation song? Oh yes, it is. Yeah, no, he he. They do like all of their, if not all of their cover artwork, like uh, most of it. Yeah, the like, cover art for the cover art for that one specifically, basically, is very reminiscent of the black haired girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 what that's what the, uh, that's what um, Yusuke Nakamura draws. That's their. I have one of their art books. It's very nice, and that's very much like their style. Nice. Um. But watching Tatami Galaxy, like, one of just the, the, sort of the moments I felt like I was going to enjoy this show was watching the opening and hearing, uh, Koinu to, to Ame no Bito by Asian Kung Fu Generation, which is that opening song. Nice. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very honest with you, I've not actually dug more into Asian Kung Fu Generation's work, not because I don't think I'll be interested, they're clearly a band I would enjoy, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure I'm ever gonna have a moment that's gonna be as good as, like, those 90 seconds of hearing that for the first time. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, when it when it when it hits like the B section with all like little spinning faces, it's like, oh, oh, I'm going to, oh, this is this is beautiful. I feel like I'm having I feel like I'm having a moment here that I'm always going to remember. <laughs> uh, yes. So if you so you should go check that out 
by watching Tatami Galaxy, which if you haven't seen it, you should, because it's a great show. I don't know if we made that clear for the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, for the past two hours. If one thing has been made clear, go watch Tatami Galaxy, but also go watch this movie because it's fun. Exactly. And if you want to see more stuff for Summer at the Movies, because this is just mm-hmm. the beginning of our Summer at the Movies this year, come back next Friday. I believe if I'm correct, we might have... Um, a little, little bit of a sort of a stranger for you guys next, I believe. Ooh, mm, that'll be fun. So set, set your dub t- same dub talk time, same dub talk uh, channel. channel. Yep. <laughs> oh, but yes. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, thank you, friends. Rock on, Boston. Rock over Chicago. Have a good night and otaku on, my friends. Give me 